Welcome to Rebel FM episode 250. What? 250 really? episodes of this Holy bullshit. Holy shit. It's actually been more than that because we've had some unnumbered episodes and we had yeah. a bunch of game clubs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we do that Fuck every time it. we get to a mile marker. It's closer to 300 than 250, but whatever. 250 uh, official episodes. I am. I'm counting. Oh. <laughs> uh, What's the actual number? I think it's like the track number on the podcast will probably be 254. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I'm your host, I guess, <laughs> Arthur Case. Because once again, Anthony is is not here. I, I think that he's probably doing moving. Yep, things. he's in the yeah. process of moving he's again. almost finally here for good. Yep. Until the next thing. <laughs> Until the next thing. Uh, joining me finally is Mitch Dyer. I'm back. Holy shit. Poland is beautiful and sad, and I don't know if I ever want to go back. And immigration <laughs> did not keep you from entering no, the country. No, that was the thing. The best thing Whoa. about having a uh, talent visa and a temporary passport is it makes you look like you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the least likely terrorist. <laughs> Pixar's next film. <laughs> uh, also joining me is Matt Shannonay. Hello, I'm still here. And returning favorite podcast guest adam sessler oh hello that was too kind eh. <laughs> it is true you up the bald quotient in the room by yes quite a bit. <laughs> yes we're 3v1 now I'm an outsider. Yeah. that's pretty awesome See, we're well, just all yeah. we are is viral marketing for <laughs> superman versus batman versus <laughs> aquaman what is right. that movie called give it a few years yeah Mitch, give it a few years <laughs> it's already thinning man yeah i know <laughs> just, Trust just accept but, it uh, early and own it there's not a person yep. in this room who didn't know you were going bald before you were ready to acknowledge it to yourself oh, no, no no i've been going bald since i was like 18 my mom was making fun of me when i was in high school like your hair's getting really thin i was like yep. ah, you're that's a dick move what? What? <laughs> thanks mom you're my a, mom's real talk here's the thing <laughs> you were at an age where you could do something about it if you want to because the thing is once it starts yeah. like once it's mostly gone you can't do anything see i'm okay with gone, like gone. a receding hairline that's fine but like it's not when it goes bald that. in the back i'm like no nah, i'm out well, you can do yeah. what I did on TV, and people got what was more or less like a salt shaker with fibers in it to try it's to a spray on hair. Right? Perfect. And it was just I would go through that almost every morning, and you, it was you, just like you, your soul would just slip out like, a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more every you morning. Did, <laughs> go in, soul comes out. You did the Seagal. Yeah, yeah. There's like <laughs> stories from that movie Exit Wounds he did with DMX. Yeah, where they talked about his spray on hair. Really? Yeah, it was pretty good. Wow. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, that's still better than than the rug that Jeremy Piven has. Uh, oh, he, dude. Uh, he would always show up <laughs> in my neighborhood where I lived in LA, and I'm like, man, if it, I mean, I hope that looks better on camera because uh, you aren't fooling anybody right now. Poor Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Can we talk hey, about like, that sick Exit Wounds reference you just made? DMX. Yeah, man. Yep. Um, <laughs> our, 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 <laughs> What year was that? 2001. 2001. Wow. Same year as Fast and Furious. Everything's the older I get, the more recent everything seems. (laughs) You're like, wow, the internet just started last year. It was only 14 years ago. Yeah, exactly. The Fast and Furious that was like 2005, (laughs) 2006. That's like that's like Tokyo Drift era. Yeah, Yeah. but with bikes. Yes, an ice cube (laughs) and Lawrence Fishburne. Holy shit! Fury Seven's out this week, isn't it? Yep, it's next weekend. Happy Friday! (laughs) Next week, not this week. 
Less next happy week. Friday. <laughs> Less happy Friday. What's that? I assume week? that we're gonna go see. Like I yes, have to go see Arthur, that. Yes, Come on. That's the official start of of summer movie season. My little brother's That's in town. Can we go yeah. with you? Uh, I think Cinderella was the official start of summer movie season. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not even your girlfriend thinks that Cinderella was the start of the summer. No, movie she season. just wanted to see it because uh, uh, Frozen Spring Fever or whatever was in front of it. Oh right, yeah, that's sad. That's you know, I'm confused. What happens in the middle of the Cinderella story? Like the beginning, you know, she's getting messed over by you know the evil stepmom she's, and the sisters. Cinderella is basically she, an Act One and an Act Three. Yeah, what happens in Act Two? She scrubs a lot of floors. Yeah, she gets locked in the room. I mean, but they lock her away. The movie's like 80 minutes long, Adam. I don't know what you want from me. So, <laughs> the, in the animated movie, like the animals make her dress and shit in the middle. Right. And then the sisters find it and ruin it. <laughs> oh. And so the animals also get to be despondent. And then the fairy godmother comes in and fixes everything. But wasn't the fairy godmother there from the beginning? No, I don't think so. She doesn't show up until the end? I think you know it's that, like two-thirds of the way through. Well, no, no, no. Then how does she get the dress to go to the ball yeah, in the first yeah, yeah. place? <laughs> the animals like are like secreting okay, away. Then, no, no, then, then, the then, then, who turns it all in back into a pumpkin? That's magic. Right. That's after. Like, no, that's the beginning. I'm talking about the cartoon. <laughs> I know. Well, no, like the animals make her shit. And then the sisters. But the fairy godmother, it's like you got you know, that my magic only lasts until midnight. And I, then she, she runs away with I don't, a slipper behind. I don't think she shows up until after the, the her stuff gets destroyed and the sisters go to the ball. No, but, they, but then how did the, the mice turn yeah. the pumpkin into a carriage? The fairy the, godmother the fairy turns godmother the mice into that. carriage yeah. people to go with the pumpkin carriage. But that's at the beginning. They're called horses. No. No, that's at the end. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, really? all that happens. I mean, I'm pretty sure. You and I are actually. on the same, I, same page But the thing right is, now. she has to turn back. That's how she leaves the slipper bomb. Yeah. Rest assured. She's running I'm... away from the prince because it's midnight. And she's going to come across as a pauper. All of that is like the last half hour. What I'm learning is that Cinderella sends a terrible message. Top to bottom. Oh, you know what? You really? know what? A Disney movie with fucked up. <laughs> you know what sends a really good message that I just realized that I played like a month ago and completely forgot to talk about it? There's uh, like a point and click adventure story driven game called Cinder on Steam. And this is PC a great transition because this is a podcast about video games. <laughs> <laughs> Not even video game websites are just about video games anymore, Mitch. <laughs> IGN.com slash delicious burgers. <laughs> the cool, the cool thing. Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Twitch, Twitch plays Pokemon just uh, caught them all. I cannot believe that. Yep. I can. That is so good. Uh, so Cinder. Cinder. Uh, the cool thing is, is it's very forward thinking and it's female representation. It kind of turns it on its head a little bit and you can play it however you want. It's very conversation driven. It's sort of simple, like, uh, Japanese dating sim style, you know, where like people's uh, character portraits pop up and then there's mm-hmm. text and then you can choose the answers. Uh, you move around the kingdom between the, the stepmother's house to the forest to the castle. And uh, it's sort of all presented that all of the characters could be your allies or your enemies, just depending on how you go. Like you sort of learn that the stepsisters, the reason why they're so evil to you is because they have their own problems. They had to deal with their own things in their past. And like you can sort of get that out of them eventually. Well, Disney step- doesn't have time for this bullshit. Yeah, exactly. The the stepmother is just doing the best that she can, you know, but like she doesn't really know how it's like her ultimate goal is to keep everybody safe and to so make sure the house villainous. continues. She she's like extremely mean, but her motives like, you know, make her a sympathetic character. She's like a tiger mom is what you're saying. Yeah, kind of like that. I and feel like I've heard of this. Is this a 
browser game or is this like on steam it's on steam or at least that's where i played it maybe it's available elsewhere but is it a twine game or something no no it's full full gui and everything with a c cinder and it's because cinderella in this story anyway she has red hair and i think it's like supposed to be very symbolic that she is a firebrand she is a strong person she makes her own decisions and it you know the the whole thing that has to deal with the with the prince like uh, it's basically about how she wants the situation to go instead of waiting for her to save him. It's her like trying to get out of her situation or maybe make her her situation better. And there's like several ways that the story can end that all evolve like you know her and the prince or her without the prince and her and like you know dealing with ancient magic and her family and everything. And the story is really well done. Like I was just kind of like oh whatever I'll download this. It's small. I'll play it. And I found myself just playing through it the whole way through in one sitting at least like this one storyline and i uh, i forgot about it and i want to go back and like try to get the different endings just to see what it's like but you won't huh. but i, just, I probably I just, won't i'm looking no this game up and i just realized that i spent time with the devs in poland uh, oh really this. yeah oh, there's wow. a lot of people doing a lot of stuff in poland yeah crazy it's well, like an active place meh is it would you describe poland as active um I guess, like aside from, I mean, there are a bunch of little indies doing a bunch of little things, but it's not stuff that you would necessarily know. I mean, Die Light is Polish, isn't sure. It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is definitely some. Was stuff this in an Polish. official IGN adventure? Yeah, I went for uh, things I still can't talk about. Is are there things week? you can talk about? It is in April, April first. Are there things so you can week? talk about, or do you, or is it right now just Poland was awesome and move Poland on? Poland was great. Yeah, I uh, I went for this thing but then ended up just spending like my first night with a bunch of indie devs uh small group of which made cinders Hmm. uh and yeah just like got a decent idea of like what the vibe is like out there fun fact a lot of people used to work at cd project and don't like it (laughs) (laughs) you don't say about that um triple a developer spawns uh disgruntled employees yeah like i feel like every dev i met that night at some point worked at CDP, <laughs> I mean, like, I need my so, so like, like like Warsaw is the Dallas of Eastern Europe. I would say it's, <laughs> it's like the Sweden of Eastern Europe. What do you mean? Is every, Sweden not the Sweden of Eastern Europe? I don't think Sweden is Eastern Europe, is it? Isn't no, it's Northern, Northern Europe. Europe. Yeah, like, no, that would be about as North uh, Europe as you can be. Yeah. Uh, because everybody in Sweden that's like in development seems like they worked at Dice. Oh, like, gotcha. Everybody is a Dice alum. And then they burn out and do other stuff. And then they go to Starbreeze, and then they burn out there and go somewhere else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Cinders by apparently a small Polish developer. Good game. People yeah, looks play cool. The art's really nice. Yeah, the art is really good. I, I feel like we have so many games to talk about this week that I'm a little bit at a loss to figure out where Let's to Let's hit it. We played some tough-ass shit, one of which was Hotline Miami 2. Adam, go. Yeah, um, I didn't like much of Hotline Miami. Um, mainly just, it was just like, it came out at a bad time for me where like, I was yeah. trying to handle so many other things. Arthur is painfully aware of what happens with, you, know, you have the stuff that you're assigned to, trying to find the stuff that's of your own edification. Was that 2012 yeah. or 2013? 12, because it was yeah. my first year at IGN. Hey, there was a lot of shit coming out in 2012. How about that? Yep. Including yeah. a goddamn console. So I was, I was aware <laughs> that it was getting a lot of attention. I was aware that people liked the music, and I was aware that it could be really challenging. Yeah. Um, but I really said, you know, I said I don't play Hotline Miami too. That game is weird, and I'm not just saying from a <laughs> tonal perspective. Yeah. But you ever met the guys who made it? 
Yes, I, I, yeah. they're weird. Yeah, I, 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 I went to dinner with them once, having not played Hotline Miami, and hopefully, I might be admitting that I may have kind of um, danced around that fact as I was talking to them about the game at the dinner. But um, it's it's be interesting because I know we're going to talk about Bloodborne as well. That I kept on playing it past the point where I was having the conversation with myself if I was actually enjoying it. I did that with Oblivion, and I hurt. I, I, I hurt my hands. Wow. I think I damaged my... I was playing on the PC, but I was using an Xbox One controller. Okay. Yeah. I think I damaged my controller because it's not performing right with other games. Oh, wow. I, I have a tendency to clench when, like, you know, I'm tense or I'm trying We're to... We're still talking about your hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Decisions. Still talking about Hotline Miami, right? Yes, we're still talking about Hotline Miami. <laughs> but, gross. I mean, it's just that kind of gross. endless obsessive loop it gets you trapped in. Oh, yeah. And I just don't know how I felt about myself. <laughs> that, like, I, could, you know. uh, I have heard from a lot of people that Hotline, to my, Hotline Miami 2 is not just hard. It is, like, punishing. Well, that in was also that is somewhat bullshit. Well, that was the thing that sort of turned me fun. off. I, I saw the, the IGN video review on it where you guys talked about how the stages are way too long. They're, yeah, it's, it's not even that they're like way too long and like, oh, they have too many floors or whatever. It's like this, the individual areas are That's way what I mean, too yeah. fucking big. Before you get to a next checkpoint. So, yeah, whereas like, like Hotline Miami, the original one, was a little bit like Super Meat Boy where you could run through a level of a building and you could try to get through it in like, you know, five seconds, yeah. ten seconds. And this is like, no, you can do a small area in five seconds and you have to loop all the way around. And then yeah. you get shot through a window from mm-hmm. a guy who's off screen and you can't see. Even if you hold shift and move the camera all the way up, right. you still can't see him and he still kills you. Right. So I guess I just, I'll just flat out ask it. Is Hotline Miami 2 bad? Because the sentiment that I'm hearing from people playing it is way more negative than I expected I that game it, to get. I don't... Bad is a strong word. I think is it, it is, not fun? <clears throat> it is occasionally not fun in a way that is... Like, the first game was frustrating in that in a way that I think Dark Souls players know and, like, uh, you and I disagree about Dark Souls and Bloodborne in some sense, I, th- I expect, but I feel like when I'm playing Hotline Miami 1 or those kinds of games, when I fail, it's like, fuck, like, I know what I did wrong. I'm yeah. gonna not do that. Yeah. I'm gonna adapt my strategy. I'm gonna fix it. Yeah. And I'm gonna, ah, fuck, I died again. Okay, try it again. Yeah. In Hotline Miami 2, there are so many situations where an enemy that wasn't there before in the last, when I failed the last time, is suddenly there. Or there's a mm. guy who I think should have a melee weapon, but now he has a gun. Or yes, there's yeah. a dog oh, this wow. time. Or there's a guy who is smoking instead of holding a bat or a rifle. So I don't know what weapon he has, but when I go on, it's like, oh, well, he had a shotgun. So so, I so that's so if I may bring up, uh, bring up a... Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater analogy. So into this already. <laughs> the, uh, I'm playing Ollie Ollie right now, so I'm nice. feeling it. So with the uh, Hotline Miami, the first one, I felt like it was all about finding your line and being <laughs> able to do your moves along that yes, line, so you can just like get really through good it, analogy. You know? and, yeah. And it sounds like they basically made that hard, if not impossible, in some sections. Yeah, and I just feel like the momentum gets lost halfway through a stage you'll mm. you'll you'll find your line and you'll win and you'll just feel really good and mm-hmm. you realize you're a quarter of the way through the entire floor oh wow see i, I think the one thing is that i don't have that much of hotline miami to re- refer back to yeah and it's funny when you're talking about like you know finding your line which i assume that's one of those mobo references 
No, 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 no. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk on, man. Which is another game. I'm just going to say now, I didn't play a lot of the Tony Hawk games. I have a very odd relationship with skating due to the fact that, like, my parents, for reasons I still have never figured out, forbade me from engaging in it. Wow. And so as a kid in the 80s, I just kind of convinced myself it was a dumb thing. So I can kind of I mean, get you're by not socially. wrong yeah. necessarily. <laughs> well, skating is just, awesome. Just like the the semiology of skating just kind of brings back very strange pre adolescent memories. <laughs> the good news is you didn't play it. We need to get that's you That's how finding your mind was not my thing. Well, the right. good news is the water shortage in California might make everybody drain their fucking pools and we'll have another dog town. So maybe everybody will be skating again. We'll like get dog town and ball boys. So. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's you know I guess describing it, and now I know what you what you're referring to is, is finding your line. I don't know if I would have enjoyed that. I kept on trying to memorize that route and plan for all of those, and I really at a certain point where I was just getting frustrated and levels so yeah. big that I would plan at certain moments, and I realized I just had to go into straight improvisation. Yep. Yeah. And try Muscle to go memory. crazy, see if I can bring it down a notch. You know, kind of look at what I was doing, plan, and then got into this kind of. I, I guess that kind of like Zen mode where I was able to kind of balance between the two, mm. and that's where I started to find probably the greatest level of satisfaction out of the game. That seems uh, sort of undermined by the, by the asshole open. outside my window. <laughs> uh, that seems sort of undermined by its tendency to kill you with things off screen. Like yeah. arbitrary yeah. death is is part of a trial and error. Yeah, inconsistencies really compromise well, the challenge, I mean, the satisfaction. I, mean, I started doing like I got really frustrated the first few times I was getting shot through a window, and mm. then it's like if there's a window, I'm just gonna play with the assumption there's someone on the other side yep. of it and try to discover a more effective route. But there, there are like to Matt's point about levels being too big. There are hallways that are so long you cannot possibly see all the way down to see if there's a guy down yeah. there with a rifle who will just spray and pray and kill you. Which sounds shitty. Yeah, yeah there, sounds there are moments where it is straight up shitty. That, that's why, you know, when they first started doing uh, third-person games, uh, it, it didn't take too long before people figured out that having enemies attack you from off-camera in a third-person game was a terrible way to do yeah. game design. Yeah. It's... It'll be fun when we start talking about Bloodborne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think the one thing, once again, in, in contrast to an upcoming discussion in the next hour... Um, the fact that like you, it, it reloads you back into the game that fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. you hit R and it's like all right, I'm gonna well, try like, again. Where I yeah. was frustrated, I, I'm already you know I haven't. I, I, it, it does give me a chance to stew and get really really angry. You're just back into it. But, At the same, I, I agree with that point, and I felt that way about Hotline Miami. I felt that way about Trials. I feel that way about a lot of the kinds mm-hmm. of games that do that. In Hotline Miami, it was like as soon as I hit R to restart, I forgot everything that like, I, it was just washed away. Yeah, and I was ready to go again. Yeah. Now I hit R, and it's like I have to do all this shit no, again. No, I know that. I mean, it, it's like I'm not usually. I, I, it's funny. I usually complain probably the loudest about about stuff like you yeah. know, cheap deaths and mm-hmm. making things hard that seem to be outside of the game's internal logic. Mm-hmm. But it, for some funny reason. Once again, I don't know if I was having fun, but I played it with just such... I mean, I planned on playing three levels. I just kept on doing it and kept yeah. on doing it. That it just hit that kind of weird, obsessive streak in me. Yeah, well, because you feel the need to do it anyway, yeah. to win anyway. There's like, something to be said for games that don't ask you if you want to keep playing. They're just yeah. like, nope, you're going to do it again. Here yeah. it is. Just keep doing it. Nope, just keep doing it. Yep. Yeah. It's true. Unlike Bloodborne. 
<laughs> Where every load screen is a go fuck yourself. Oh yeah. I have games on my phone that I'm like, all right, what games can I play in 40 seconds? Because these load screens between my deaths are 40 seconds. And if you want to oh. level yourself up, that's a minute and a half because you got to go to the hunter's garden and then you got to go back. Oh, God. You uh, got to yeah. load back into the hunter's dream. You got to load back into your world. I mean, on the one hand, Great. I feel like super. Uh, uh, for some reason, the UK term wanker came into my head. So I guess I feel super wankish about like uh, saying like, oh, I have to wait a minute for my loads. But you have to do it so much in a game like yeah. that. I, I mean, mean, I was yeah. telling, I can't remember if I was talking to you about this, but there was a situation where the time for me to reload after I died at a boss took longer than it took me to get to the boss, fight him and die. Wow. Yeah. 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 And that's I think terrible. that like that's sort of a thing in Bloodborne is that like, like this is when, when we're when we're arguing uh, as we're likely going like to we about do. Bloodborne uh, about like to me having I have played about four and a half hours of Bloodborne, which puts you where cleric beast. Uh, you said? I have gotten to the cleric beast and okay. then died, yeah. um, and it like I had seen where he was. I didn't realize it was him there, but I had seen where he was before, but like saw the two werewolves on the bridge or whatever it's like and fuck ran the other noise. fucking direction <laughs> yeah. uh, they're so scary but but <laughs> my point is that like from the place that you start in bloodborne to that the first boss is like a two minute run if that uh, if that like assuming that you're not killing anything like you can run from yeah, point, you know to point route, b you in like patterns. 90 seconds maybe um and like the thing that that's bothering me about bloodborne and bothered me a little bit less in dark souls uh because i didn't feel like i only had one direction to go is that i have spent four hours going over the same ground over and over again and not making any progress Mm. like so when you say you're not making any progress like are you are you ever grinding out like okay i'm gonna i know i'm gonna be here for a while so i'm going to go out with no souls and i'm going to explore or i'm going to go out and try to get two thousand souls come back and cash them in like, no are you doing any of because that? the game did not tell me how to level up correct until the <laughs> first time i was killed by the cleric beast <laughs> so did you not level up once until you found no. oh man see I, I spent that four hours grinding away yeah. and knowing like all right i'm going to try to like figure out how to beat this giant troll hooded so monster it's not guy. just that i've gr- that i've been grinding for four hours it's I have been wasting my yeah, you fucking hadn't, time. You made progress for four Fuck, hours. That sucks. That's a, and that's exactly the thing that and, turned me off of the previous. And games. I don't think that I'm an outlier here. Like I think that it would be really easy to play Bloodborne and fucking throw away hours before you knew that you had been throwing away hours. Well, yeah, because there's nothing to ever indicate. Like you should go back and bank those souls and so, go to the lantern and go back to the hunter's dream and talk to doll. But, but isn't this the badge of honor about the game? I mean, I've always maintained That's, a very ambivalent relationship with the demons sure. darks and, and I, bloods. Yeah, me too. I mean, maybe it's part of it because there is like this sort of like this posturing about the souls games that like if you don't like it, it's just because you're not hardcore. And I hate no, that people celebrating attitude. how much they love one of these games is the, the the gamer's equivalent of whipping it out and throwing it on the table. Yeah, which is <laughs> weird. Really like, I'm not saying that the games aren't good and one does not deserve to enjoy them. Like, right. but but it's, it's a, a difference in the attitude of like, hey, I like this game because it provides a challenge for me that I enjoy conquering. And oh, you don't like it because you're not good at it. Get fucked. Like, which is which those is are different attitudes. The the, the yeah. thing about the statement that like 
flips me the fuck out is that like it's not that I don't like hard games. I like hard sure, games. Sure, you're yeah. like a hardcore ninja guy. Uh, guy. Like not only that, but like as an example that we may or may not cover this episode, Ori. Yeah. Ori killed me more times in eight hours than Dark Souls Two killed Phil Collar in forty. <laughs> like three hundred and eight deaths in Ori. No, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, like yeah. 150. No one in this room has played like, Ori is surprised at that number. Yeah. In fact, it might seem a little low. Yeah, I'm already uh, like, I'm probably going to hit 400, 500 for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. And yeah. they're very, very different games. Uh, although maybe not as different as I guess you might think. You get to make a bonfire anytime you want to. In uh, yeah, that <laughs> makes all the difference. Right, and I think that that is like sort of like an allusion to what your time is worth. I have no idea what my cat just brought over to you in her mouth. What is that? It's a bottle What you got cap. for me, friend? It's a bottle well, it's a little cap. cap for is a it thing from your thing, Matt? No, I threw mine away in the garbage. Uh, this looks like it might be from a... Uh, bottle of pills <laughs> <laughs> awesome my cat is fucked up now uh anyway um so like the thing in particular so far about bloodborne that that pisses me off is that i have spent all that time that like it's i'm it's the i'm never gonna get that back yeah that's thing that's really terrible that was always my thing about any of these demon souls dark souls games is that's how it always felt to me that and the it's interesting to me that it feels to me because I, I know so many people that I respect that love Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2 and everything. And like when they explain it to me, I'm like, OK, I understand why you love it. It's still not my thing, but I understand at least why you yeah. love it. And the interesting thing to me is that, like, I feel like if if you two are playing Bloodborne, um, you know, um, Arthur and Mitch, the uh, and, you know, you didn't. You didn't feel the way that I felt about the previous games, the way you feel about Bloodborne. That tells me that Bloodborne is doing something wrong, that they've sort of regressed somehow in the game design from the previous I titles. I think every game does something wrong. Like, no game gets everything perfect except for Link to the Past. And maybe yeah, yeah, but, but, but I'm, not say, I'm not saying in terms of, like, you know, do the, the perfect game. I'm saying in terms of the fact that, like, you're feeling frustrations that I felt with the previous games in this title. I think that that's part of that that serious design and on the one hand you'll have people like fucking dance tabled and saying well that's just bad design uh saying it more vehemently than i think i ever have i think that there are things in the souls games that are broken like i think that the camera has never been good and in bloodborne it might be worse oh man yeah but that was my thing i was like oh the camera's so much better i have gotten the camera like (laughs) it's definitely clipping through geometry and blocking my entire view of everything way more in bloodborne than i did in so i think it's it's Mm. more twitchy it took me a while i think i think i think that now because it took me so long but when we first started alexa and i were playing side by side and she was like i'm getting sick looking at this game because the camera just is so all over the place it's not smooth it's yeah, very, I do not feel that when I'm, I'm I'm handing it around, it's moving at a steady. From rate. a technical perspective, mm. Bloodborne is kind of a mess. Uh, like, yeah. it doesn't keep its frame rate very well, and nope. also like the digital foundry thing is like, so it's doing thirty frames a second. But the way that most games do a thirty frames per second is frame skip, frame skip, frame skip, or like show one frame twice in a row. And what Bloodborne is often doing is showing new frame, new frame, same frame, same frame, new frame. Same frame, mm. new frame, new frame, same frame, same frame. Right. Like, which throws off the frame pacing and changes the way that it responds to con- to inputs. So it's not a consistent doubling of, no. or not a consistent right. repetition of frames. Exactly. Also, on that note, total sidebar, you want to hear a fucked up thing about uh, Dark Souls 2 at 60 frames per second I learned today? What's, what? Does it fuck something up pretty no. badly? So at, at 30 frames per second, 
normal Dark Souls 2, you can be fighting a guy, and over time, your weapon degrades, and eventually it falls apart. Does yeah. it degrade faster? It degrades faster at 60 frames a second, because the weapons degrade on each frame they are inside of an enemy. Oh, <laughs> wow! So this doesn't surprise me at all, because Dark Souls <laughs> on PC, right. Dark Souls on PC shipped locked at 30 frames per second. And people were like, we're going to fix it and make it 60 frames per second. And when they did, it broke the fucking game. Like, it broke the Sometimes physics. It's okay to be at 30 frames. Right. Well, it's yeah. because, Crazy like, people. It's because <laughs> the frame is from, it's from software, the developer. How many frames per second? <laughs> Not enough, apparently. Uh, like, they're programming everything in the game around a certain thing. And when it's not doing that, it fucking cascades outward and breaks things. Right. Like, that is something they will have to patch in Dark yep. Souls. Absolutely. Or they're like, just going to not care. Like, <laughs> and it blows my mind that they didn't catch it sooner because I Dark Souls like 2 it. has been out on PC for a while. I was going to say, like, there's probably, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, I don't think they're going <laughs> to. I was going to say, like, the hardcore, like, Dark Souls crew that's out there that is playing it on PC. Is that like, problem has existed played, on PC. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, no like, because it means that From didn't consider something properly on PC. Which means half-ass port, which will send PC game fans apoplectic, like they will lose their fucking shit when they hear that that like something has not been properly considered on their platform. Well, I was gonna say either that or they'll be like, "Yeah, this is the true way to play it. This is how." Uh, that's I, see, I, was that's, yeah, I didn't want like, to say it, but I was enjoying it. So I went out like these weapons are breaking so fast. It's kind of great. Uh, my, my my thing, you know. And I probably say I think I sat down and tried with the three hours I gave Bloodborne today after I finally got my work done. I wanted yeah. to play it ahead of this. It was probably the most concerted period of time I've given like a Souls game mm. since since Dark Souls. Yeah, um, and I just I, I understand that the, the challenge. I can even take some of the control quirks because I think on some level they're aware of them and they've incorporated that into. The sensibility of the game, right? It's designed what I them. really don't understand, and if you guys want to explain for yourselves or for the audience out there, the opacity of the instruction, like not giving you guidance. I mean, you know, what? it wasn't until I sat down here that I, re- we and Arthur made this comment that I remembered it was enough of an RPG where I can level up my character. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which they never tells you to do with blood. It doesn't tell no. you what stats do. Like it names stats weird shit and doesn't once tell Skill. you what they're for. Arcane What? <laughs> I need someone to make a better case to me that that's like really cool like, and it's part of their aesthetic and I'm supposed to be on board right. because that's kind of like buying a book that starts in a different language. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, yeah. It's in English, except it's an entirely different like form of conjugation and sentence construction. Yeah. It's like a book you buy that's in Joyce English. Joyce did that with Finnegan's Wake. And one can argue you had a touch of that with Sound and the Fury for the first, like, like what, 75 pages? Oh, and sometimes you, you have to read it. mentally handicapped. It's the road. Uh, sometimes the it reads right to left just because. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I, it, it, it's... It's, I see. It's oddly, it's just it, 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 it really is making a statement at the outset that's like I don't know if I really want you to play my game. I yeah. see. I see yeah. people compare it to Nintendo games, like that where the games didn't explain everything about themselves to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, the those game. games could be figured out simply by control. No, those games shipped with instruction booklets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So, <laughs> nobody Souls, ever read it them. Does have an instruction manual? And that, but that's right. to say that that was a good idea. It's in. The, it's the, on the disc. <laughs> Or on the install, like you can open that on your machine, right? From the from the the PlayStation, right? Home but it menu. does yeah. give you some instruction that you can be you can reasonably be under the impression that it is giving you instructions as it feels it's relevant to 
what you're now doing inside of the game. I almost wonder if this enables community, like the community feature of leaving notes for people. I wonder if people are leaving notes like, don't forget to level up, <laughs> go back to the. I mean, if you can't, like, stream. you have to like pick words from a like a list of words, don't you? Like to make those messages. You used to for sure. I don't know if you do now. Yeah, I you, haven't, I haven't tried it. Yeah, yeah, I don't why know is that fun? Like I'm really confused on that note. Because well, it lets Japan. you leave hints, uh, but they're not like explicit. Or you can also screw people, which is what people did in Dark Souls. Yeah, like, I remember. Yeah, that. but but you can upvote ones now too. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, if you yeah. give so, you swipe left or right on the control touchpad thing on PlayStation, it's like left for foul, right for fair, or whatever. Huh. And if you rate somebody's tip as fair in their game, they will get a uh, blood vial, which is the health potion, and they will their health will recover. Huh. So yeah, like that's the thing of, that I've always admired about the Souls games is uh, the the totally unique approach to multiplayer and and multiplayer yeah. interaction. And Ring a bell, summon a guy into your world, fight yeah. a boss together. Hope yeah, like leave messages out. on the ground or on the wall. Now you can upvote the messages. Yeah, you know, like summon in other players, like bosses that summon in other players as the bosses or to support the bosses. It, you know, it feels like, like that shit's awesome. Everything yeah. about it is being abstracted and gamified. Like even the the nature of, of interacting with it as a game like is not like a clear cut process like it is in other games everything is something to be navigated and a system to be learned and and operating on its own terms or in its own language and and i and i kind of understand why that's appealing like i do like i think that they're regardless of what i may think of the souls games or bloodborne like as, as gameplay experiences, I think that they are some of the most interesting games mm-hmm. coming out of like a even double A development environment because I don't think that yeah. they're like for the most part triple A games because no. of the way that they're made and the way that they ship. Like they are no, they, they don't are have like, they don't have like a two hundred million dollar marketing. No, they're, they're like the last big B tier games. Although this. I have not been able to watch a Twitch video for the last seven days without seeing a fucking Bloodborne ad before it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think you know, the way I've, I've felt about these games is they're very easy to admire. Yeah. I don't find them as easy to enjoy. Yeah. You know, I, I, can, I can find intermittent senses of satisfaction that then seem to be just undercut by the game's funny attitude <laughs> between player and game. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I I do. So that's the thing. Like, the only thing that I wanted to say, like, left was that, like, I've seen people compare it to a character action game, and I and I don't agree with that comparison at all. Comparison because they, it's just not. It doesn't control that way. It's not responsive. Like, it it doesn't give you those kinds of tools to work with. It's the total Um, animation priority. That's that's its whole shtick. Is animation always? I feel like this is a little less. Than previous Souls but, games, I mean, but, all but the it stuff can with the still fuck so you. Oh, on the animation. it'll totally yeah. fuck you. Like, yeah, and it'll kill you at the drop like, of a hat. I hit circle and he doesn't do it. Like he doesn't dodge because he's still like at the end of the sword animation, and then right. I die. The only like, time right, I, I right. haven't had him dodge Thanks. is because I was out of like uh, endurance or whatever. My green Stamina bar was empty. Whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I, I just I think that it, it doesn't give you the tools to respond to the situation uniformly in at every point like i i don't think that it's reliable in that like if i do this thing against this boss or this enemy like it will work every time i feel like there are too many random things where things don't work the way that you expect them to that it still emphasizes like just slowly methodically playing your way through it um and like it's really difficult for me to go through a game like that like 
Well, that's I what makes. I mean, it's theoretically that's what makes it interesting to me is the fact that it's a, uh, uh, it's a, a, a third person melee game, but it's all about precision. It's also about aggression because mm. the Souls games are very much like you get a sword and a shield and you defend until you can't or you counter and you get that like lucky strike and you execute a guy Mm. here every time you get hit there is a small window of opportunity Mm -hmm. to recover health Hmm. and every time you hit an enemy you fill that back up a little bit oh wow so you are constantly on the offensive after you get hit and it's a huge risk i think that's one of those brilliant game design love it it's it's the active reload of of combat changes how you're playing the game i think it it wants you to feel that way but if you do it too often you're going to get fucking killed what's it with larger enemies it's also a Hmm. balance of like you have to know when to strike when to dodge and you can always refill it i've never had an opportunity where it's like I lost some health. Aside from, like, there are no enemies, but in an instance where I've taken damage, I have always been able to recover. I have found weird moments where it doesn't register me taking damage until after I get a hit after after taking damage. Mm -hmm. So, like, my life bar won't go down until after I've killed them, and then I don't get anything back from them. That's a bug. Uh, yeah, that sounds. I, know, I saw the exact same thing. Today, I've never had that. Where I probably, you know, where I would have backed off because I'm seeing maybe that's a real kick in the nuts too. Of, yeah. of, of the health bar, and I, I took the hit. I look up. Okay, I'm there, and I would say maybe two seconds pass, and then I see a drain, and I'm still within striking distance. Well, of I, and I'm not even right. talking about like that. I'm talking just like I, 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 I am in the middle of an attack. And I see my life bar go down, and I finish the attack, and my life bar doesn't go back up. Oh, so I wonder if, like, the oh, math of it requires you hit the attack button after it goes down, and it, that's how you can recover it. Maybe. I don't know. Which would be like, really annoying. I think that there mm-hmm. there might be something wrong there. But, I mean, I mean like, that's, that's, like, a minor thing in comparison yeah. to just my general sort of, like, I lose a bunch of health, and if I go in for an attack, like, there are now three guys swinging at me, and they kill me. Like, because... I got too greedy. Yep. Like, I think that Bloodborne encourages greed and punishes it severely. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's yes. really um, interesting game yes. design. Yes, <laughs> and the weapons are designed in such a way to encourage you to do that. Like, yeah. the heavy strike on the, the double-handed axe is very much a big, devastating attack with crowd control. Like, it knocks down most enemies. But if you miss it... Like, yeah. Odds are you are using that attack because you were trying to take uh, on five guys. And if you miss it, you're (laughs) fucked. Um, I was watching a a friend of mine who was streaming uh, Bloodborne this morning. um, Mr. Farside on Twitch, if anybody is curious. And uh, it's PH, Farside with a PH. Uh, But anyway. Oh, man, I love that group. (laughs) But he he had like this axe that like you could do the overhead attacks with. But then like he pressed a button and it would like extend to like 12 feet long. So That's it, the, it, the double-handed axe most yeah, people use. Dude, that thing is crazy. The funny thing was, though, is like he, he, got, he got in trouble. He was like going out. And now that I realize what you guys are talking about, getting your health back, I think that's what he was doing because he like got damaged and he went after somebody. And suddenly there were three dudes on him and he had to run away and back up and ended up on kind of this narrow bridge thing and like had his fully extended axe because he was trying to hit all of them. And he just hit the side of the bridge with the axe. Oh, yeah. You know, it, like yeah. boom, just bounces off the wall. And I was like, oh, yeah, that happens in Souls games. Yep. If your weapon is too long, you'll just hit the fucking wall with your animation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like that. It's that's- great. Fine. Yeah. It's fine because, like, with the axe in particular, there's an overhead swing for yeah. that sort of situation. Yep. <laughs> and, the like, the sweeping right to left swing is also, it runs the risk of impacting on a wall yep. before I, it yep. can hit somebody. 
yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that there is a, a certainly a amount of animation priority, just like every other Souls game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the dogs tend to give me the most trouble. Which ones? <laughs> like the, the hyena dogs. Really? Yeah, just because like they will like they'll bite and then they won't immediately bite after. But if you but if you try to attack them between those bites, like they will interrupt your attack. At wow, least with the I heavy axe, they I will. I don't know that I've ever even been hit by one. Oh, man, I've gotten yeah. fucked those, up those, by they, dogs. They have, they have, they have been wow. challenged. The big um, black werewolves. Mm-hmm. Mitch well, oh, fuck those things. Those things are awful. <laughs> uh, although I, I did find, like, they're just... I Like, I get some of it because, like, there are moments where you'll accidentally do something and go, oh, shit, I, I can do that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. guns like when you transition game, from a light attack to a heavy attack by changing the stance of your weapon. Right, like, if and you it's tap like, that a, transitions naturally? That's if awesome! You, if, you try, if you tap L1, it changes your weapon. Like, with the two-handed axe, like, when you're holding it, it's just a one a one handed axe and yeah. a gun, but you hit L1 and it, like, snaps into a, two, a heavy axe. Yeah, that's axe. what I was just it talking extends, about. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's my fault. Dude. That is not the game's fault. <laughs> but like, and the reason that there's there, you need to think about it more is because like, guns in this game suck as guns. Like, you can guns, only carry twenty bullets. What's no? You it's there are like that. ways to get bonuses to carry more. Mm. Like, and you I've can also 25. affect the damage of your bullets and the kinds of bullets um, you use. But if you time, uh-huh. if you are being attacked, if you hit the, if you shoot your gun at exactly the right moment. You'll knock them to their knees and set them up for a critical attack, which is which awesome will basically kill fights. them like in, in one hit, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of hard to hit and takes a lot of practice, but it's like really satisfying when it works. It's basically the replacement for the parry because sure. you don't have a shield. Uh, and that's like I think that's the other thing about Bloodborne that makes it more of a kick in the balls <clears> in some ways is that like there is no shield. You have nothing to hide. There behind. are shields, but they're terrible. Right. They're just huh. like they're they're honestly mocking your your desire <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to want a shield um, See, and I, I, I don't know i love that i love that i'm constantly engaged in combat i love that there are more, typically more enemies to fight at once in a in a fight usually it's like oh there's a guy at the back with a shield and an archer kind of pinging me from the back and a guy with an axe and two guys with clubs like okay how am i going to do this am i going to go heavy am i going to start light and then transition am i going to switch in like over from my axe to my kirk hammer midway through the fight because it's faster like i'm thinking more about how i'm going to engage in every single fight and i love that i want to i want to ask you one thing and then i want you to tell me what like what it is about this game that makes you love it because like from everything you've heard you said off the podcast like you love this game yeah um do you find yourself i find myself like hate playing it like i'm angry (laughs) when i play it and then i'll reach like a certain level of anger and just say nope i'm done for the night at least and then, like, the next day I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to go back and try this again. Like, is this a game that you can sit down for an extended period of time and play? Or do you need to play it in doses and then walk away when you're mad? No, I play it very specifically in long bursts. Um, I definitely hit that point sometimes. It's not so much anger. It's just, like, exhaustion. I get deflated. Like, I get pissed off when we lose a bad game of Dota. But when I have, like, a really especially useful run end and I lose all my blood echoes or I can't recover them, or I just keep grinding against the boss and I can't win. Eventually, I just get tired. I'm just like, I just I just need to play something else for a bit. I need to read. I need to lie down. I need to just not play. I need to lie down. <laughs> yeah, but then I go back. I go back because I'm like, all right, I think I can do it this time. Or I'm just, I have that itch to play it again. Like, I always want to play Bloodborne when I'm not playing it, and when I'm playing it, I'm really enjoying it until I hit that point of like, okay, I need a break. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, for me, it is, 
an improvement on a lot of the things that I like about Dark Souls in as much as it like focuses down a little bit. I think it's it's more dense. I mean, that's just because of the setting and it's you're doing a lot more stuff indoors and there are kind of more winding paths naturally because you're going through a city as mm. opposed to a giant field or I, whatever. I would correct dense and substitute the word focus. I don't think it's more dense. Like okay. I don't think there's more stuff to do than the Souls games. Like just I disagree. In the in as much as I think there are more secrets and more alternate paths and more interesting ways to navigate the environment. I think the level design is incredible in this game because there are so many places where you can like you'll knock down a bunch of wooden crates and you'll bust open coffins and you'll see like oh shit like there's a drop down right here there's a hole in this this fence i can drop down oh shit this is like right by my old spawn point i can go up there and open the gate but first i need to get through those two guys with bricks in their hands right so when i beat the cleric beast will i be able to open some of the gates that have been locked from the other side yes and you already can you have already missed opportunities i mean i've opened some gates okay yeah, I think I know which gate that Mitch is talking about, and that gate can already be done. Yeah, there are two I or three. I did not learn that on my own. Um, thank you, Nick Robinson, for yeah. <laughs> bailing like, me out. So on the on the bridge after the so after the the black wolves on the bridge, but before the cleric beast, I didn't realize this for like six hours. There are two other paths going somewhere else. Yeah, and it took me forever to find those. And one of them connects to a house that I had thought I had completely explored, but I missed like an entire half of it one side of which leads to an entirely new area I hadn't discovered. You can go you can get to that area in a different like Yeah, different that's way. and I love that. There are so many different Is ways to find Is that the one with the rats things. sort of in like yeah, the Yeah, like the area. underground area. Yeah. yeah. And there's just so many divergent paths that are all interconnected and Souls had this too, but I just feel like it makes more sense and is more interesting to discover in Bloodborne because you're not traversing as much space. It's it feels almost like there's more verticality to an area. Like, you're moving your way up and down something as opposed to, like, very much across it. It just feels connected in, in a way that isn't just broad. Uh, one thing I will give this is I don't think I've fallen to my death once. Yeah, which definitely a- happens. In, like, that's one of the dirtiest things about the Dark Souls games is their propensity to knock you off things to your death. Like, <laughs> those those are some of the most, certainly exist, but... <laughs> those are the most a- frustrating parts in the Souls games to me. Like, those feel the most bullshitty. There's a boss fight on top of a clock tower against another hunter, and the space is very small. Like, two dashes to the side, and you'll probably fall off. Uh, and it's a very, very hard fight because he's very, very fast and will knock you back. But the minute I climbed that ladder and saw him standing on the edge, I was like, oh, okay. Guns, 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 knocked him off the ledge. Goodbye. And I mean, like, I got killed instantly by the cleric beast, but apparently if you shoot him in the head a certain amount of times, you stagger him to his knees and you can do a critical So attack. I heard that too. Had no idea you could target the weapon. Why, How like, you, you just you, target the weapon? <laughs> you aim it in, like, the most clumsy way possible, I thought, or is there, like, a better way to aim your gun? I the only way I know is to fire it or to lock on. And I, when I locked onto the cleric piece, it was always the chest. Right. Can that, you flick up and not lock no, on No, I head? think that, like, you just, like, don't lock on and you, like, aim your camera and pray that the middle of the screen is on this, his I head. I was going to really? say, is I saw one of those situations where you take, like, a, a little uh, pasty dot and put it in the middle of, of your screen? Right. There, yeah. there is a company that sells those. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> they make a lot of money on Call of Duty players. Is it a sticker company? More or less. I think it's yeah. like a gel kind of thing that right. doesn't leave residue. Oh, yeah. yeah you, know, you just put stickers on your TV right. and yeah. them off. You know, the, the, the one I think thing it's I, called no-scope or I, something I really like that. I do like about um, 
about, about the Souls games and definitely in Bloodborne. This is kind of your, your point earlier, Arthur, is that all the VO work sounds like someone doing VO work. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's not organic. It's right. not natural. It's really weird. It can oh, be yeah. strangely stilted. Welcome, and I Hunter. love how this that is the plays with dream. the Yeah. And I think I, I think there's some part of that like this this weird desire within these games from from software, where they want to make the gaminess just so oddly apparent. Yeah, all the way to the point of just really really oddball. Which is know, ironic considering they don't make a lot of other things apparent. Like all the stuff you guys were complaining about, I think is completely valid, and you having wasted your time totally fucking sucks. And it does need clear instructions about how the economy of the game works. But when you do understand that. And I think it's, I don't know, like that information is accessible. It sucks that you have to seek it out. But when you do know it, putting that knowledge to use and acquiring a bunch of blood echoes and then that tension of like having to get back to your lamp while an enemy might burst out of a wall at any time or, you know, proceeding farther. Like you're you're so far from your last checkpoint and they are far apart in Bloodborne, Mm -hmm. probably too far. Uh, I mean, it's not that they're far. It's just that there's so much no, no, fucking far. shit <laughs> between them. <laughs> well, is that be, not the same thing? No, because like like I said, you can walk fucking you can walk from one point to the next in like a minute, which was true of Dark Souls. But there were way more bonfires along the way. They like they are significantly more common. What I'm saying Dark is that, like you can walk those distances. It's just like in Bloodborne. There's a fucking million dudes. Yep. And you usually have spaces. to accomplish something. Like when you kill the cleric beast, you will instantly have access to a new bonfire or a lamp. Yeah. There will just be one there. Great. That's but great. The tension of like, I am so far from my last checkpoint. I could just commit and try to kill this boss and get to the next lamp. Yeah. Or I could go all the way back, respawn all the enemies, and cash out. Like I love that tension. And I love going back and figuring out, okay, I'm going to upgrade. I've been really low on stamina in fights. I'm confident enough that I can keep myself alive, and I want to be able to engage more, so I'm going to start cranking stamina or strength. That kind of stuff. Like, I love that leveling system a lot. It's the same as Souls, but so, whatever. Well, you know, it's funny because that, what, what, what you're describing, you know, the, the original Dead Rising had that same problem where it was so counterintuitive how to actually find the pleasure Yep. And kind of, and the means to play the game, and some people were just like, "Oh my god, I can't take it." Right, and, I and never, then there was the aha, like, "Oh!" But Dead Rising did something that part of me almost, which is the Souls games would, but they won't because they're so for a very specific reason. In in Dead Rising, when you died, you could either start over with everything right. that you'd earned, right. or like go back to a save point. I think, like, is that how it's it like your last checkpoint? Yeah. Like or with to nothing. the last bath- bathroom yeah, with, with that's nothing, right. uh, like and so there was a real decision to be made between like making progress and starting from the beginning, or like or sacrificing some of that. Whereas in in all the Souls games, like they can't do that because if you were because you you have to grind anyway, like so if you had to choose between starting the game over and keeping all your shit or. Uh, like losing your shit and starting at a checkpoint, like mm-hmm. you just start over every time because once you have your shit together in Dark Souls, you can run through it really fast. Yeah. Like whereas Dead Rising was like on a timer. Yeah. Like there was mm-hmm. an amount of time that you had to spend in that game. So I mean, I I, I think one of the bigger challenges, not just for Bloodborne, but obviously like all, all of the Souls games, um, is if there was some effort made to kind of get the player to understand, like, do not apply the logic of how you play most other games here yeah. and unlearn that and be more accepting of things. 
Um, I think that could go a long way because, you know, just even talking about it right now, I kind of want to go back. I'm probably just going to restart my entire game over. Right. Right. And like with with the learnings that have now happened. I am actually considering doing that because I have like used consumables like that I didn't need to use like the like. Mm. The, the consumables you pick up that give you blood echoes when you oh, use them, yeah. like, I have lost. Yeah, and you're never going to get those like, back. Like, 10 or 12,000 blood echoes. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Like, because I had no idea how to spend them. But, yeah. like, part of me, like, I I had another experience of the game this week that, like, in a way points out one of the reasons why I think that everything that Bloodborne and the Souls games do as far as, like, being opaque and, like, being on their own terms and why that's so attractive, like, I... I had I got the Borderlands Handsome Jack stuff this week, yep. mm. uh, which are the the HD remasters or whatever, uh, and I can get to. We can just call them ports. They're ports uh, of varying quality, um, <laughs> and I can talk about that in a minute. But like one of the things that struck me immediately is that like I had to start them both over because I don't have any console saves for Borderlands for whatever reason, uh, and so like playing through the beginning half an hour to hour and a half of those games is just like a excruciating series of menu prompts and hints and tutorial shit that like like every mechanic in borderlands it pops up a thing on the screen to tell you what it is and like makes you sit there for a good five to ten seconds before you can skip past it yeah and like it makes you go through that part of the game without a gun. It makes you go through fucking mm-hmm. claptraps bullshit. Like, it makes you walk through an extended area where you're not doing anything. And it's like... You're walking s- from one text box to yes, the next. It's such a polar fucking opposite to everything that the Souls games do. Yep. Um, and, like, coming right off of playing Bloodborne over the weekend and then getting into that, it's just like, oh, right, not every game... Every, every game but this game like makes you fucking do this and this is just excruciating especially if you already know what you're in for yeah like yeah going through like three fucking platforms no four four fucking games worth of that shit four borderlands games worth of that shit in like a day was enough to make me miss <laughs> having to figure out what I was supposed to do on my own. When you did figure all that out in Bloodborne, like you're you're talking about re-rolling your character. Now that you know all this shit and you know how to level, do you want to play it? I don't know. Like, are you enjoying it? Are you getting anything out I, of it? I feel like I'm hate playing it. Like, I really do. Like, I feel like, like I can tolerate Dota every it. day. No, because I feel like there are lots of little opportunities in Dota to, to have moments of triumph or like for something to work well. Whereas in Bloodborne, it's just like a slowly unfolding catastrophe at all moments. Oh, man. I completely disagree. Um, like, I, I live for those moments of satisfaction of, like, finally conquering. Like, getting five feet further than I did last time because I killed <laughs> that one fucking set of birds. Like, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in tests of the human spirit in a video game. Like, <laughs> and, and it's again, not again. I reference Dota. Like, I just feel like the in in Border or not in Borderlands in Bloodborne. I've and in the Souls games, I feel like I'm warning about a specific person's sadism and how to respond to it, as opposed to in a game like Ninja Gaiden. Just to, to bring it back to something that's practically meaningless now because every ninja guidance since black has been a steadily disappointing series of releases um like that is a game where i feel like it demands skill but gives you the tools to to display skill whereas bloodborne 
feels like withstanding a kick in the nuts so maybe you won't you'll be able to avoid the next one no because you could conceivably have the skill to succeed in that game without necessarily learning i don't i don't know that you could because even like even the promotional video that sony distributed for bloodborne showed their dude getting ganked from the side by someone they literally could not have seen not only that getting ganked by a guy that their co-op partner walked right by without getting attacked by nice. and then getting <laughs> fucking almost knocked off a platform by this other dude. Great. So like, I, I don't think that you could get through bloodborne without, without having gone through it once and knowing where all the kicks on the balls well, are. That, that, and I feel like the souls games, they don't require, they're not for you to pick up and play. They're for you to pick up, play a little bit, and then go online and do a bunch of research about how you should really be playing the game. Yeah, but all that research exists because people played it. Like, I don't know. I feel like the conversation we're having now well, is... Well, yeah, but, but I'm saying... There, like, there, there, there is player zero that somehow figured this out. Yeah, reviewers. Of other things. Reviewers. Right. Well, not just reviewers, but there's also, no. you know, there's, there's dedicated players with lots of time on their hands that are able to go and try everything and figure everything out. That's always been the case for every game. I just, yeah. like... I, I'm just saying that, like... And I'm not saying that this is bad game design... I'm saying that like when you when you hop into when usually when I hop into a game like Bloodborne presents itself as or like the Souls games presents itself as which is like oh I'm supposed to dive into this world and be a part of this world I don't feel like it like I'm not in the mindset where I want to go and like study how to do the game outside of the game whereas like when I play Hearthstone I'm like well I'm going to go and study a whole bunch of stuff on like what the best decks are going to be and like how to like really yeah. counter this specific kind of thing. I'm alt tabbing all the I time. Just, I think yeah. that's like an inherently different kind of dynamic because Hearthstone is is a competitive game. Right, but that, but, I, but that's essentially what this game is. Is it's competitive, but it's you against like the yourself. game, you against the self, you against the game's design. It's but, it's but supposed okay to that. be antagonistic. I and the that. only yeah, and the only way to confront that antagonism is to either have the time to devote to it to figure out the minutia of every little trick in the level design and in the enemy design on how to exploit it. I don't or, agree with that. It's not about exploitation. It's about patience and skill and execution. I felt pretty exploited in the same after way playing that four hours of Bloodborne. Any like, skill-based action game is. like If an enemy is coming at you and you just wail on him and you keep getting hit by other guys... like. Yeah, that's not you having to go, oh, I got to cheat it and I got to cheese it and I got to exploit it. It's like, no, you have to dodge and you have to defend and you have to parry and you have to use your executions and you have to take out groups. It's tactical in a way. I, and you know, I love it, overcoming I would accept challenges. so much of that. I, and yeah. I, I, I would contend that I don't think I ever want to go steady with Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, I don't mind booty calling Bloodborne. Right. It's, it's <laughs> like, like there's times and moments where I'm like, yeah, I think this really is the game I want to play. But whereas I usually like, okay, I'm going to play this game until I'm done with it. Yeah. I could never do that with Bloodborne. I would have to have some other things out like, there. Like, I'm not... Mm. But I, got, if, I got Bloodborne pregnant, so if, we're stuck if, together. <laughs> if Bloodborne did not have those low times, yeah. it might be an entirely... Because mm. that game is, yeah. is built around having the player experiment and discover what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And it's, but it's, when you know what's waiting for you is yet another one of those load screens, you're, you're, you should never punish the player with the, with the load times. Right. You can punish them with so many other things. Take away their souls. I've said this, and it does like all those things. Yeah. Uh, right, it does. I've said, I've said this about previous Souls games, which is that like the only language that the, this game speaks is death. Like Death mm. is its feedback for every wrong move. Like there is no... It's not like... 
oh, well, you know, try that again without any penalty because you fucked it up. It's like, I'll take those and you go back there. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. And, 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 and like, that's whether that that is for you or not is for someone to decide. But like the 45 second load times, like when you die is a real like it's it's discouraging like it's a discouraging factor for me wanting to try again because it's not like like whereas in something like hotline miami where it's like an instant you're playing again whether you meant to or not yeah like in this like if i die and i'm angry about it and like like i'm of two minds of like oh man i'm gonna fuck that guy up this time i'm gonna do it right or like fuck this game like 45 seconds is enough to go from I'm going to do it right this time to fuck this game yeah. like yeah. and turning it off. Well, well and, it, um, and it, 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 it really it, it's you need to make the player feel that, that, you know, that they can at least take advantage of the experimentation to figure out their style of play and how the game works. But I feel, I feel like it does do that but, you know, but because I, I, I am experimenting it's, and it's, I am it's, learning. It's low times like that and like low times with traveling to go back to other places. And there's other games out there that, that have the same effect. Like, yeah. you know, the way I, 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 I play Dragon Age is being completely impacted by just low how times. arduous the loads yeah. are. It's like I just I cannot go back to... And there have been games that I've played right in the past where, like, but but with, with something as punishingly hard as Bloodborne, I think there's a there's a greater onus to take the impact of the load times into account. Yep. And either you got if you can't get rid of the load times, I understand why they might have to be that big. Yeah, yeah. You've got to make some concessions in some of the gameplay, and that could just be have some more lanterns, or you know, get a really fast load time, and you can just start you know have those incredible. I mean, or or like fuck you, like is is the other thing. Like this game doesn't. I think in a, in a lot of ways, like I don't know that from has this conversation, but the player base certainly does, which is like this game should not change for you, like yeah. to accommodate you mm. wanting to play it. Like, <laughs> so no, they don't need to add more Leonard's. How about you just go fuck yourself? Like, and I think that's that's saying, yeah. because I've been saying that to gamers for 15 years. And they just don't <laughs> accept it when I do it. Right. But it's really interesting. They didn't pay. <laughs> they didn't pay $60 for you, Adam. <laughs> They didn't pre-order you. You were just beamed into their brains. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that, like, for the audience that likes the Souls games, that and especially if, like, I heard a lot of, like, a lot of people really love Dark Souls 2 when it came out, but, like, the inevitable one-month malaise set in, and, like, there are people like, well, actually, these are the things that this game just doesn't do as well as, as like, Dark Souls or Demon Souls. I think that conversation existed day one as well. I, I It just right, got more intense Souls, as time went sure. on. Dark Souls fans were not willing, willing to hear that. Um, my, my, my good buddy, Matt Kyle, I asked him to do the review. It was one of the last things I did over at Rev 3, because uh-huh. I did not have the time nor the temerity yeah. to be able to review <laughs> Dark Souls 2. Well, also, he, this he noticed is... some of the quirky things with, the, with both yeah. the animations and, I think, with the with the range combat mm. and the fear. I mean, it, it was not a negative re- review by any stretch of the imagination, but just but because I, it pointed out that, yeah. that you can see the hemline. I mean, I, <laughs> I had this conversation with Phil like this week, uh, mm. just to go a little bit inside baseball, which is that like, I think we are at the point in, in soul style games where if it's a from game, then if you are not already into those games, then reviews are not going to do you any good. Because mm-hmm. the like the crowd that is yeah. talking about the Souls games yeah. and Bloodborne, the people that are reviewing the Souls games and Bloodborne are like the faithful like to that. And that doesn't mean that there can't be differences in opinion like as there were to, to a degree with Dark Souls. But like there's never going to be any more that person playing Demon Souls saying this game sucks. 
Like, but that's true and of here's Call of Duty why. as well. Like, yeah. There are varying degrees of quality in Call I, of Duty, but the player base is typically the same. No, I think for Call of Duty 4, maybe, or for Black Ops, that wouldn't happen. But like, I think we're at the stage in Call of Duty's development where someone can give a negative review to a Call of Duty game. And like, it's like with Final Fantasy games for a long time, like you could not like there was no like real difference of opinion from game to game like when final fantasy 7 came out this is the best final fantasy game final fantasy 8 came out this is the best final fantasy game final fantasy 9 what are all these short people doing here final fantasy 10 this is the best final fantasy game it wasn't until like 12, 12. that people really started to like feel like well wait a second like, are we this sure game's playing itself let's, have, it let's have a conversation <laughs> like i think that we are at the stage in the souls sort of uh yeah. like movement where the, like that conversation isn't happening where there's not like a possible divergence of opinion and critical like no and I and think first I day think, critical thought and I think you know and I'm not gonna speak for you guys I don't want to you know but I, I I do know that sometimes it can be hard to discern if there's something wrong with the game or with you and I think for right. a lot of critics and reviewers that can be a, you know I, I mean I struggle with that with that thing in, in God of War Essentially. friendliness whatever yeah. it's called <laughs> um, and it was just like. I, you know, I, I I honestly don't know if like maybe my skill is just dropped. And then it's got to okay. be a little validating when post release they have to patch the game to make that part easier yeah. because like mm. lots of people complain that about was it. Nice. But, like, <laughs> after what I went through, and but, like this isn't I, to I, say I, that I think with Souls that I I, I don't I don't want to cast a wide net, but I think in some instances I, it's no one wants to have to go out there and say like oh, hold on a second maybe these games aren't as good as we think they are. Because it starts to step into that very, very kind of uncomfortable discourse mm. that, you know, I, I think just the whole idea is like, you know, can a game be too hard to the point where it's just not fun, even though it may not be broken? And I'm not of being hard. like I'm not even saying like Bloodborne is too hard. Bloodborne is broken. Fuck Bloodborne. Like right now, like while I'm playing the Bloodborne, I may very well say those things uh, <laughs> like I'm just saying that like we are at a point where we can't where that conversation will not happen. Just yeah. like when Halo Two came out, no one was going to have the conversation that right. like, hey, this game is bullshit on Legendary, or like when Halo Three came out, like there were slightly more people that are willing to be contrary about that game, but it was still like at the height of the sort of zeitgeist where yeah. people were like, this game is amazing, like you shut the fuck up, and it wasn't until like. Halo, uh, Halo Reach, where people were like, well, "Wait a second. Oh, it wasn't until the shitty one when people were willing to say it was bad. See, whereas I don't think Reach was shitty, but like, you think it's shitty. Like, yeah, that's an example of like when the sort of diaspora of groupthink starts to really happen around that game. Like, I I think that like uh, Platinum Games are another example of a of a of a developer that has such an ardent, devoted fan base that like. To be even like a step outside of like the consensus is mm-hmm. to court like venom, and let me tell I, you, I, I, <laughs> I think it's more so with From because they come across more as an upstart, and it was kind of like being in the early '90s and going to town on a Tarantino movie. Sure. <laughs> right. you, you just you, you're pretty much just committing apostasy, right? Because it, you know what they were doing was becoming representative of more than just what their product was. Of, of it's any kind of establishment cultural movement and, mm. and tectonic shift in the landscape, and, and you're you, trying you, to you, step you're, all you're over this. You're just kind of a fuddy duddy. Yeah. You're you're too conservative in your thought if you took any issue with it, right? I, I yeah. So I just think that like like it happens with every like big influential game series like Zelda. Like, mm-hmm. no one was really ready to criticize a Zelda game until kind of Twilight Princess. But then well, definitely Skyward Sword. But Skyward Sword is where it all fell apart, where, like, people were like, wait a second, this isn't good. Like, this has a lot of fucking problems. Yep. Uh, 
And that doesn't mean that Skyward Sword is a bad game. It also like, doesn't mean that Twilight Princess or anything that came before it was a bad game. Right. It just means that like there there are conversations that can happen with those games that never happened with any Zelda before them because they were Zelda at specific times. Like, But I also think it's because you hit a certain point where a, a, a game in a franchise that you love is suddenly like def- betraying you in a way. Like Call of Duty Ghosts is the first Call of Duty game I played in probably 10 years where I was like, fuck this. This is awful. What is happening in this game? I See, don't like I, it. you didn't play Call of Duty 3. Like, uh, I had all that stripped I, out of me at Call of Duty 3. I'm thinking, like, three. from 4 that was, onward. That was still World War II, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was between uh, the Xbox 360 launch game and Modern Warfare. It yeah. was not good. It was real bad. That was uh, the last game I traded in to GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> For but Rainbow I, Six Vegas. Fuck yeah, me. Oh, what, a, what a trade. That's a good trade. That was back when trades were still worth a damn. Wow. Wow. Uh, that almost doesn't sound like a trade. That just sounds like a win. Yeah. yeah. Suckers. Uh, but I think you hit a point in a franchise that you adore where when there is one that you don't think is kind of in line with the quality of what came before, where you're suddenly like, you know, the chink in the armor reveals itself. And you can look back and say like, well... But I, also I guess this was also the, apparent in Black Ops 2. And maybe like it. it's like a yeah. thing with franchises as far as like their strength that like the weaker they are as a series or as an idea, like you hit that faster. Like Borderlands, I think, being an example to pull back into what I played this week. Mm, like yeah. pre-sequel was a game where a lot of people were like, I don't need to play this. Yeah, yep. I, I totally don't. didn't play I it at wonder yeah. if, I mean, we're only a year out from Dark Souls 2. And if yes. from software, we're probably we're, like a year away from Dark really Souls Four. Rate of these games coming out, mm. I think it will hit its critical mass. I think that we're fast. Bloodborne is going to be like the high point for critical reception for a from software game like this, because you start you started to see some of that erosion just a tiny bit with Dark Souls. Sure. Just a tiny bit. So, but what if Dark Souls Three is fucking amazing? Like, what if it just reinvigorates the entire franchise? Do you think it, that you will inherently how, see people see, turn on it anyway? How can you miss someone if they won't go away? Because I think it could be... Yeah, where the, the fuck the, is Splinter Cell? It could yeah, be yeah, the really. better game. I think that... that it could like, be a better it could game, still be the man. better game, but the novelty yeah. of what it does that's improved won't stand out because see, there's still going to be enough... And, yeah, exactly. And yeah. eventually, like, they're going to want to try to get a new audience that isn't as jaded about what the game is, which means they'll have to change something which alienates the original audience around it. Like it's like the band, like the, the rock music thing or like any popular music now, like where the band starts to branch out and experiment because they get tired of doing the same thing. And like, they'll get really a critical reception, but they'll lose a lot of the fans like who made them what they are because right. they did something different. But like, like, that that they can go on like changing policy in Medicare. <laughs> like the most really, boring really, analogy really of all time, people, Adam. It know? does, though. Yeah, uh, it's like what, what do you mean I have to get supplemental? Oh, and like, I think you things... can see them testing the waters a little bit, even in Bloodborne, where they're like, okay, checkpoints are really fucking far apart, like really far apart, and it's it's kind of stretching and testing what Souls fans are willing but to put up only, with. But that's like doubling down on what people have said they like about the Souls games. It's like they I like think it's hardcore. A great experiment. We're gonna make this fucking hardcore. Yeah fuck you the game <laughs> see but i don't even necessarily i i say this is somebody who's died a lot playing bloodborne i don't think it's that difficult i don't think it is no i just think it's an asshole yeah like i i just don't think it hates you that's my thing about the souls game. i don't think that the souls games are hard i think that they just kill you well that's like, kind of one of the things that the you know the people that i talk to that love these games 
they like the fact that the that the world doesn't coddle to you where it's like you know, like if you're gonna go walking into a castle with a sword up against a bunch <laughs> of unknowns, you should expect to fucking die. And like the world doesn't care if you're there or not. It's like the the total ambivalence of nature. You Bloodborne know? really gives a shit. If everybody fucking hates you in Bloodborne like a lot. <laughs> so I've, I've I've heard that argument, Matt, and that's the one that was just yeah. like. But there are no castles with dragons in them, so please don't throw me it's being realistic <laughs> argument my way. I, th- I think there's something valid, and you see this. It's authentic, Adam. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's, they, but, they, it's, but I'm not talking about it from... They're not, they're not talking about it from the authentic... Uh, they're not saying, yeah. oh, it's a realistic thing. They're saying that they like that because it's something different, and it's right. like something that other there's games just simply don't do. a experiment. And, you know, obviously you see that a lot with, with our films. Go look at something that Jean-Luc Godard does. I mean, mm. he's not making a strong case to see these things through to the end. Right, right, you right. Know? But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what I find when I'm, when I'm playing Bloodborne, I think there's a lesser example with, with, with Hotline Miami. I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it's, you know, I keep on going back and trying to keep on doing it like I'm some kind of crazy meth fiend who's just going to keep <laughs> scratching that spot on their arm to see if the bug is actually there. Right. And in the case of, I think, From Software, I don't know if the bug is there. Right. I feel more confident about that with Jean-Luc Godard. Or, I mean, but, like, I I just wonder... I like that. I, I think from here on out, like, Mitch, you as, like, a Souls fan, I, I just wonder, like, if the games will struggle to give you what you want and whether or not, like, what you want from this game will be in the next game. Like, that's, like, right. the roulette game that they play continuing to make this game. Like, Bloodborne isn't technically a Souls game, except it is a except Souls game. Is. Like, it is absolutely a Souls yeah. game. Um, and like that, that just increasingly brings baggage with it, like to be part of that legacy, like, and, and it's really hard to balance what you think players want versus what they need to keep coming back for new games. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I I, I mean, I'm playing Bloodborne and I will continue to play it for a lot of the same reasons I'm enjoying Ori. Like I'm overcoming these challenges because I'm bashing my head against the situation and, as annoying as it can be, I obviously like a load time is very different in Ori and Bloodborne, but like I like trying new things and I like saying like, all right, I, I rushed in and was dumb. What if I take it really slow? Shit, that doesn't work either because I, I just get swarmed. Okay, so I have to absolutely take this guy out. I like the, the like having to adapt and I think Ori does a really good job of that too. Ori though, which I love, I think it also telegraphs information to the player a little more effectively. Yeah. Like, you can size up the situation. Yeah, I think it wants you to understand it. It's just like, you understand exactly what you need to do. It's just, are you good enough to do it? And you can also, more efficiently than in Bloodborne, try those things out. You can run in and say, like, all right, I'm saved right down here. I'm going to run in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if I can use my three explosives by holding X. Nope, that didn't work. All right. But... If you leave a checkpoint, you won't be able to do it again for a little bit. Or maybe you can only do it so many times. Like, it, it makes it... A, like, making that a resource, I think, is a really interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, and your save system as a resource. Yeah, as part of an economy that you yeah. use elsewhere. Yeah, and... and, and, and Which is saved, and now I can't open that door. And shit. generating one. I've never, yeah. liked, like... Yeah. I get to collect my saves, and it's like a one-use, like, you're, you're out. Yeah, right. That's way too tedious. This is interesting, because, yeah, you start to plan out a little bit of strategy which is yep, it's sort yep. of resident evilly in that way it's like bit. kind of a, a japanese kind ribbons. of mechanic exactly like just or he poops <laughs> out a ribbon you just got he just poops yeah. out a typewriter and yeah, says exactly <laughs> uh and like when you leave a save point later on you get like health and all that sh- i just i think that like it is really interesting combining the sort of like mechanical demands of a game like 
we've got to have a game other than Ninja Gaiden to use for like mechanical perfection. Uh, do and I know? don't know when it's going to happen. Like, cause <laughs> it, it still hasn't. Uh, but like a game that demands that kind of like ref- reflexive mechanical perfection mm-hmm. or at least mechanical goodness yeah. out of you, uh, with that sort of Metroid style. Yeah. Thing. Well, I was going to say like Ori makes a good case for it just off the base of its platforming and how precise it is and how good you have to be to get through the hard section. It also makes game. a point by giving you more shit to do like Bloodborne. You yeah. are what you are and you can get better weapons, but mm-hmm. your skills are your skills and you mm-hmm. just have to get better. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Ori, you're getting better while you're unlocking new abilities and yeah. then you're learning how to use those effectively. So you're yeah. always learning and you're always getting better because you're always getting new shit. And, you know, like and, a good and, and like any good game design, like uh, when it gives you those things that it unlocks, it immediately puts you in situations where you use that thing mm-hmm. kind of exclusively so that you have like a little bit of training before you have to hop into using it with other things. And, you know, whenever I see that in a game, I feel like that's kind of one of those things that I've never had a game design course, but I feel like that would kind of be a game design one on one thing on like how to train people to use your stuff and use your abilities yeah. in a game. And Ori just does that really really well um the 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 one metrovania thing which i really like how it does this goes back to how it kind of telegraphs information Mm. is when there are collectibles or you know items that would be of great value to you that clearly if you are if you don't have the 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 skill yet from the game like the triple jumper it it reads immediately like you're not going to because there's nothing i hate more than or maybe I'm wrong because you play way more of an Arthur. No, I, I just like I spending ten fifteen minutes thinking that something is viable, yeah. and that really it's like no, you have no hope in hell of getting. I can that. make that jump. I'm yeah. like, but I'm that guy. I'm like, no, if I just do it this way, I'll do. Uh, it'll happen. I'll like, try. I'll like, make it happen. I will oh, no, try I'm like like that. It's, yeah, yeah. No, I, I will try like maybe half a dozen times because I'll think like, okay, this is clearly designed for me not to do this. Yeah, my mindset but, is if I had double jump, could I do this? Yeah, I'll yeah. be back. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I'll go. But I'll go. And like, then nope. <laughs> well, yeah, and now I need triple jump, but I'll but I'll be like, all right, now I I know this is clearly designed for me to I have to have double jump to get here, but it looks like if I do this and do this here and climb this wall and do this wall jump, then like maybe I can like kind of trick around where the developers want me to do and like sequence get something break. early. You want a sequence I, I break? Looks there, that's a good term for it. I like that a lot. Like I look at that and I think I can sequence break this. I didn't. So come I up look with at that as a little bit of a challenge. That's like a, a known term for like. Uh, well, I like platforming that exploration games. I think is what Jeremy mm. Parrish calls them. <laughs> I because Metroidvania is he trying to get away from his, uh, his hellish creation. Yeah, because Metroidvania <laughs> is bullshit. Because Castlevania Symphony of the Night but, was no, just no, fucking but, but Metroid. They, there's a term for these things. It was remember <laughs> Metroid. Back in the era of Jack and Daxter, they came up with his names. They didn't want to say platform anymore because because it, it sounded too kid like. It was. Uh, hero-oriented action game or something Please. like that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, 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 That's no. terrible. I, and I'm like, God damn it, Naughty yeah, Dog. I like platformer, actually. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that Ori is really good at that. You, Adam, and you, Mitch, both said that you had issues with the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm less, I have less issues with the storytelling and more issues with the story itself. I just think it's vague and confusing. Like, there are poignant moments and I like the kind of storybook text pop-up stuff, but I don't understand what's happening at all. Yeah, uh, I don't understand. I think some of it's... It's not just uh, Ori. I've seen this in Dragon Age, and I've seen this in non-gaming things. Mm-hmm. Um, to try and mimic the style of epic poetry or 
kind of very, very, very classic literary forms. Like you're mm. trying to like suddenly do Beowulf or the Edda or the Volsungs or something. That's not easy to do. And it mm. doesn't just mean that you rearrange the order of words or make things sound very, very oblique. Right. Um, and it should not be done by most people. One of the few people who were qualified to do that was J.R.R. Tolkien because he had a PhD at that and taught at Oxford. And right. I would contend that he still wasn't very good at it <laughs> because I still don't know what happens in Helm's Deep, but I've read Two Towers three times. So, and, 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 There's I, a I movie think, now. <laughs> and movie takes liberties. I, I, it's, it, it's, I, I think it's a mixture of the two. I don't, I don't know if there's a very compelling story that's in there, but at the very least, I don't know because there's something that feels so arbitrary with the terminology. Yeah. And at mm. some points, it every does night actually, is a fateful night. Every single one was on that fateful night. And the part that just has no significance is that this game has some of the most beautiful animations so we've seen this year. Oh, oh, yeah. and they could have done like Brothers and just told it in, in pantomime. I think quite a. So what I'm gonna, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Like when I played through it, uh, by the time I got to the end, I was like, "Wait, there's some stuff that I don't remember." Did the God? Did this really game really just not explain any of it? And so I started it over, and it does all of that stuff. It 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 is very clear about what's happening and why stuff is happening. And what occurred to me is that I was not paying attention. <laughs> and increasingly, as I get older, playing games, especially doing them for the for a living, like I do, I find that when I get confused about stories. I wasn't paying attention. It's hard mm. to pay attention to text pop-ups when I'm in the middle of fighting shit that is exploding. But no, but like True. all the text pop-ups in Ori are, are like during quiet moments. And Not, I d- I've definitely been in fights when that shit has popped up. Uh, I that's well, I think I it's because they like, a lot of times they'll start on a screen in a quiet moment, but you can and run into a combat like sure. really quick. Uh, but, but I mean, but it, it still uses it has its own invented vernacular. Mm. And I mean, there's the spirit tree. And there's Ori. But I also see, just I, I didn't understand what thing. I was if, doing. Like, if I see Texas like, as Spirit Tree, I can't, I can't pay attention as well. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Sense. I need to go to the I Ginzo mean, it, Tree it, to get the water nuts. So, to get the, it, it, the, it, the, in the beginning, I love the animations, but suddenly, like, both, both the voice and, and the words they were using, it felt just so twee. And, <laughs> I just, like, like, like and it was just, like, it was just so... It, like, I was just I a child of life. It felt like I was in Portland. That's what I'm trying to say. I, so the thing is, like, I, I don't think that this is doing anything differently or worse than a lot of, like, established forms of media. I just think that I, I don't think I wonder if we are just at a point culturally where we cannot retain information about stuff like video games or even TV shows the way that we have about books and movies because we are too distracted by too many other things happening like and consuming so many different media like at the same time that like remembering like some game's specific term for an objective instead of just objective like we don't have the space to hold it and if that's something that hard drive full mm-hmm. yeah exactly like there i don't know if you ever watched married with children yeah. uh, but there was a joke uh on one episode where kelly the the quote the dumb blonde daughter could retain information but her head was like a pitcher and eventually if you poured too much water into it like she would keep those facts but other facts would spill out over the top (laughs) and there was like there was like uh, a visual on the screen of like something going one like an equation going in one ear and like banana coming out of the other (laughs) Uh, which is horrible and misogynistic and fucked up towards blondes but the point is that like I do wonder if we hit that point where like we don't have enough mental <laughs> bandwidth to retain 
like all the obscure shit. So like video when you think you're binging on three with. Netflix series at the same time, playing two games, reading a couple and books, the, and how yeah. do you keep all that shit? And the thing is like, but, but, see, but see, but I, but I, I would, but I would contend that those books, those movies, and those other things are more competent in their story. Except I think mm. books and movies are more linear. Coherent well, moment to moment narratives. Whereas, mm. like, even with TV shows, I think that people struggle with TV shows. Like, if I asked you to tell me the names of everyone in True Detective, you'd tell me to fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Like, I got Rustin you- <laughs> Cole, and that's kind of where I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, you, like, Alexander oh, Woody Harrelson. Dario. Oh, right. you know, but, the but, black but detectives. Watched, right. But we watched those shows a year ago. But, but it's I was no. in the middle of playing Ori, and I couldn't retain I mean, I'm so. saying flat out right now, like, if, if like, we watched 10 hours of True Detective, and like at the end, I gave Mitch a quiz, he would fail. Like, and not just Mitch, me. And yet I can, like, remember, I can remember most of the names of the leaders in uh, Civilization Beyond Earth. I and, remember cheat codes and for Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Right, but these are like, like <laughs> random details or like things you literally committed to memory as opposed to incidental story bits that are presented yeah. and then like yeah. it moves yeah. on like so i think it, breadcrumbs it also, aren't enough i think it also has yeah. to do with the the relatability of a story lately i find myself less willing to understand something like ori where i'm like okay it's just like cute ass little monster thing and he lives in a magical forest and there's fucking glowy thing whatever cool it's fantasy whatever cool got it but something like life is strange where it is about people doing people but, things i am more I, I remember the details of that so much clearer. Even after months, I'm like, oh, so, that was like that that scene where they threw the note at the girl. And but I, the difference in Life is Strange is that like Life is Strange is a narrative where it continues to touch upon characters' names and everything else yes. over and over again, yes. and that they're on the screen over and over again, and they're human beings. Whereas like something like Ori <laughs> tells you a name once and then expects you to remember it, hmm. and like it's not the only game that does that. There's lots yeah. of games that do that. Yeah. Like I. I would be curious how many people, like, after having played, like, three or four hours of Bloodborne, remember that the city is called Yarnum. Because if they didn't keep... No, if, I can't pronounce it. I'm like, Or, like, having played Battlefield Hardline... every time you load it, though. Like, having played Battlefield Hardline, I could not tell you most of those characters' names. Yeah. And I spent yeah, ten hours with it. with all the fantasy games, they don't seem to want you to remember because they put apostrophes where there clearly was never a vowel that was being pulled out in the first place. <laughs> we have got to stop this horrible abuse of language. I just <laughs> apostrophes when there was a vowel there, and you've got to tell me what the vowel was before you can take it out. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think Ori is better about it than most games because, because there's not a lot of fluff in that game. Like, you are, like... Yeah. M- you mainline through Ori whether you want to or not because mm. it's an eight-hour game to f- to almost hundred percent it. Also, like, the story not- doesn't really matter because you can I, kind of it matters in as like so. I, sorry, I'm gonna I, t- I take that back because the the compassionate elements of that are really good. And when you see like the forest burning, that is emotionally. I think it's affecting. it's got, it's very emotionally affecting. Yes, but I don't give a shit anytime it's like. I tried to contact Ori, but Ori ignored me. I'm like, all right, I don't care. Whatever, dude. Like, right, let yeah. me just play. So I'll give you that. Like, the... Like, the, the... Ori didn't answer the phone. I you was upset. You know what upset. it reminds me of when, the, when those parts happen? It actually reminds me of the play in Waiting for Guffman. Really? With, with, with the narrator. You guys haven't seen Waiting for Guffman? Correct. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Philistines. Just... Oh, Oh, You're so uh, scandalized. Yeah. But you do like Bloodborne. At least now I can see a world view of you. <laughs> no, he likes Dota. That's the problem. Yeah, and There's only Dota. Only Dota. There's I know no more about Dota lore else. than I do Ori lore. 
And you have to seek that shit out. Right. I've also <laughs> spent 1,600 hours in the Dota Quiet and eight in Ori. So <laughs> I, Ori tells you a story and Dota doesn't. <laughs> uh, I'm more emotionally affected by Ori yeah. than I've been by Dota, with the exception of anger. I felt a lot of anger. Anger Dota. is an emotion I feel toward Dota. Uh, 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 God, we're at like 80 minutes. Jesus I, Christ. Do you play Battlefield Hardline? Yeah, a little bit. Have I'm like any? five missions in. I, I, I played. Uh, I haven't done the single player yet. Mainly Which because, that's a mistake. Um, the latest. I've been playing a lot of games on my PC. Uh-huh. Trying to make them look really pretty. Right. Um, but it looks like the latest Nvidia patch that was designed exclusively for Hardline. I think because it's Frostbite, hmm. it completely borked everything I was doing in Dragon Age, and I started getting these oh no. uh, these DirectX 11 errors. Oh, so I had to go back shit. to the older patch. I'm trying to finish up Dragon Age, right? And right. then I'm gonna go and start playing. I think that's battle. like that's uh, there's no finishing Dragon Age. <laughs> there's just too much. The end was in sight. I, I, I swear to God, the end was in sight. And then yesterday, it's like, hey, look, DLC. I'm like, God. Yeah, it's just such so, a rule. It's like I'm already so overpowered with like I'm just like I'm I'm, I'm wasting dragons without even thinking. Hey, yeah. at this point, yeah. fucking for Origins, Awakening had come out. Like Awakening came out four months after Dragon Age Origins. Was it really just four months? Was yeah, it was really quick. Yeah, because it came out. Dragon Age Origins came out like right before I got hired at Team Xbox. And Awakening came out the week before everyone at Team Xbox got fired. <laughs> oh. uh, I, uh, I moved through Dragon Age games pretty quick. Unfortunately, it came out at a time when I had a Thanksgiving vacation and I actually had a Christmas vacation, even though I was working partially. I, I actually had some vacation times and like I have completely burned through everything of value in Dragon Age, except maybe replaying like every character in every so class. Much. I'm so looking forward to the Jaws of Hacking. I spent so much of my Christmas vacation playing Dragon Age and I did not finish it. Yep. Like, a hundred hours easily over the course of oh, well, yeah. I think, I, I think I'm 150 in. Yeah, yeah. I'm some. I my, it's my total, Dota games. I, I think my that total shit was like it was a job. Thirty. Yeah, it was crazy. I loved it. No, but I, I think that's the only way to try to like conquer it. Yeah, it's like I have very clear set goals, <laughs> and that's why. In like with with all due respect to my wonderful wife, which she's like, "Hey, honey, are you really going to play the game today?" And I'm like. I can't tell her, but I'm like, no, but I have this work I have to do. If I can't, if I can't, you know, if I can't punch in with, you know, all of the animal graves cleared, I don't know what's going to happen. I can get fired. <laughs> She's been married to you way too long to believe any of that bullshit. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I really tried to try Lex Luthor jokes on her today and to try to get out of cleaning the bathtub. Did it work? And it, it didn't work. No, yeah. That's the thing about living with somebody for, you know, at least even over a couple of years is they under, they know exactly when you're trying to pull shit on them. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's just useless. Yep. There's a sadness to your voice there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's one of the things I love about Eleanor. She doesn't take any of my shit. Um, it's pretty great. Battlefield Hardline. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a cop game that tries harder not to talk about police than Battlefield Hardline. In what way? I'm only a few uh, missions in. I am that, still a cop. So, like, we're... A few months ago, I wrote an editorial that never got published about how it's not just that Battlefield Hardline was coming out at the wrong time. It's that there's, like, never going to be a right time for that game in this country because police shooting people when they shouldn't be isn't a new thing and the militarization of police has been going on for a long time and it's isn't like stopping worse. anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like 
instead of like like there's never going to be a time where battlefield not talking about those things in a police context wasn't going to look bad uh, what you're saying is now is the literal best time that it could have possibly come out. No, I'm saying it's still a pretty bad time. Uh, because, but it's like, the best time. There have been like another few police shootings in the last couple of months. Yeah. Uh, so one, or there was a beating two days ago. Yeah. So uh, keep up the great work, everybody. The point being that uh, it's, and I say this in my review, like Hardline is almost hilarious in how hard it tries not to touch that conversation in any way, shape, or form. Like not just that. But to to situate itself, to contextualize itself in such a way that it shouldn't have to have that conversation by, like, taking the easy way out of saying all cops are dirty. Like, there are no clean cops. Like, they're all dirty, so they're just going to be dirty, and then this other stuff is going to happen. So I almost wonder if that was even a topic of conversation when this game was being written. Like, the Ferguson stuff had not happened. It wasn't on their minds. The idea of a dirty cop thing is, like, kind of an easy go-to. In a way, well, I, I think mean, that's I, more likely I, the case is yeah. that it was like, just let's an do easy a game about to. dirty cops. All right, yeah. sure. I, I don't think I, that like, I haven't played the single player. I've only played a little bit of the multiplayer. But when it was announced, my thinking went to this is probably wants to play in the same imaginary playground that more than enough movies I saw in the eighties came mm-hmm. from. Right, because yeah. that was really like 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 the rise of the cop movie replaced the western. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like you, what one can argue about the social and cultural shifts where it went from like oh, we we have to tame the amoral West to mm-hmm. oh my God, it's the seventies and society's fraying at the edges. We need right. our police. We have to tame but the inner city. That's where kind of the, the well, like, to say nothing from. of the fact that like the rise of the cop movie and like coincided with the drug war and oh, yeah. the yeah. Reagan presidency. See, I would uh, I would put it a little bit closer to the seventies. I think I, 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 I think, think like I Dirty Harry. Dirty, Dirty Harry yeah. and that stuff like started, but those were conservative, not political. Well, maybe politically, but those were like intimate cop movies. Whereas, like in the eighties, it right. became no, like the, big, the Schwarzenegger and Stallone, yeah. you know, Miami and, and, Vice, and the, the Tango and Cashes. Oh the, yeah, Miami Vice, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's what this is. <laughs> I mean it, it, it is literally all about, I it mean, is like, Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah. but, but I didn't realize that. So it takes place. So single players in Florida, and multiplayer's in L.A. No, it's, so it, it goes ping pongs around the states. It goes uh, from Miami, Florida, LA, Florida to L.A. to Nevada to Back to Florida. Florida. Like nothing in the over place. the course of like four <laughs> years. I, just, Weird. I would like to see a, like yeah, a crime movie that isn't that one with Sean Penn and Christopher Walken that takes place in the Midwest. There you go. It's, it's the one with the Madonna song. Are you thinking of King yeah, of New York? I don't remember what it is. At close range. That's oh, okay. You should watch more Coen Are you thinking movie, of King dude? of New York? No, no, no. Okay. No, I mean, like, sound like a crime movie that's not in Chicago that right. you know, takes place. You should watch Fargo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. See, I, th- I think of, I have family like in St. Louis and stuff like yeah. that. So I think of like the very upper Midwest as its own region that deserves a different moniker than the, the, the grand catch all that is Midwest. Because <laughs> really, it's not Midwest, it's just middle. It's the, <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, but the thing is, like, when Midwest west was coined, coast. it's everything that's west of, like, yeah. this swath of the country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I think that it's it's really funny watching them really try not to have any conversation about any of this stuff. Because, like, it's like police are bad, right? Like, every cop in this game is bad. <laughs> except for this one. And he gets fucked over by the other cops. So he's not a cop anymore. But even then, he's still kind of a piece of shit anyway. Yeah, but like, <laughs> he's a piece of shit because he had nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> he he no was choice. forced to be a piece of shit. And it's like... Like, you're... It takes the cynical way out of having any conversation. Which is to mm-hmm. say, like, everything is gross. 
gross. <laughs> like, everything sucks. Everything is so it. gross. We're not even going to talk about yeah, how it's you're gross. The, you're the bank robber, so you should feel justified killing these cops because they're dirty cops. And you're dirty cops, and you should feel cu- justified killing well, the bank I, robbers. Well, I'm talking about the campaign. Robbers. Like, the multiplayer is just kind of gross. No, like, I'm saying, like, well, they. I think they all feed into each other. Where it's like, you know, the, the, but the campaign tries to have a heart, like it tries to give mm. a shit even right. a little bit. So like, mm. that's the thing is that let's, it's like, it spends a lot of time on characterization, like a lot of yeah. time on characterization. You learn a lot, about which is cops. arguably the thing that it's best at. And like, there are some pretty funny moments that are only funny because you know, those characters, it's like, there's a Coke dealer that you meet early on that you're going to bust, but don't because he knows something about someone. So he's like an informant. And he has a relationship with someone else in the game. And like later on, he becomes a part of like what you're doing. And you go into this room after like dispatching a drug ward. And there's like this massive pile of cocaine. You're like, that is a lot of cocaine. And he like says exactly how much cocaine that is (laughs) and exactly what the street value is. (laughs) And it like turns into like this like very slapstick moment involving that cocaine and this character. And it only works because it it makes you understand him like you get him as like a developed character and and he's not the only one and and i think that that is one of the few places where narratively it's successful and and like the way they've talked about this game and the way it's structured like they wanted it to be structured like a cop show like and they brought up stuff like justified a lot uh Mm -hmm. and i guess kind of like fargo from what i've heard like the new fargo Mm -hmm. um but when it's when it's like those shows, I think it works okay, but it just maybe because it's got battlefield before the word hardline, it just gives in to those fucking Michael Bay impulses. And I think you know, right there, I think <laughs> is the fundamental tension is when I heard it was announced. Obviously, this was in the wake of Battlefield Four, not exactly wowing anybody in sure. the this thing is working department, right? Mm, um, yeah. And I was like, gosh, they have a whole new direction they want to take. Why take on the baggage of the Battlefield moniker? Why not just kind of yeah. give it its own name? And I think additionally that you know there's there, 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 there's certain things that have to go with a game that has Battlefield in the title I that think may have worked the, against some of the other intentions. The Battlefield games yeah. for so long tried to capture that Michael Bay aspect, right? Like being these big action movies, these big military showcases, and I've just been bored by them the whole time. Well, the and two I games love that, that they, shit in Hardline. The I'm two games so that they've done it. that in, which was three and four, because Battlefield Two was way more of like. A 80s, 90s Schwarzenegger, Stallone type of action yeah, movie. This was Bad Company in a way. Vibe. Well, Bad Company is the same characters. Yeah. Like Bad Company 2 is what I'm talking about. Like Whereas 3 and 4 is very much like Michael Bay tries to do Black Hawk Down and fails yeah. horribly. Yeah. Well, Battlefield, uh, Battlefield, uh, Battlefield 1 was just supposed to be a giant <clears throat> military simulation. Sure. Yeah. Like, I think the modern era of Battlefield started with Bad Company. Yeah. Uh, but the Good reason times. is the reason that <laughs> Battlefield is appended to this game is Medal of Honor. Like there were two failed fucking Medal of Honor games in a row where they basically tried to make Battlefield games, but with a story, and they failed miserably. Huh. Yeah. So I don't think that they felt like they could. But they were authentic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, like they were they were so similar that like the Medal of Honor games had like separate campaigns, but they were like Battlefield Light multiplayer, where they were just like experiments what battlefield was doing except with this different tonal thing and that is exactly what hardlines multiplayer is like mm. it is not an evolution for the series it is a side evolution yeah it's a levolution <laughs> jesus christ uh <laughs> sorry just... it's it's an offshoot it is it's it's bad company to vietnam 
Like it is an exploration of the existing mechanics with like some new and modes yeah. Yeah. instead of like the sort of like shift in 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 the status quo that the previous Battlefield yeah, games Yeah, when, when it was first announced, uh, until they, like, really put out that first gameplay trailer where they show how everything was, I thought it was going to be a combination between Payday and a Battlefield game. Which it sort of is. Uh, there's, like, heisty, steal the money, get it yeah, to the Yeah, but, there, but there's no, like, modes. you know, get in and out without setting off any alarms and getting detected, and, you know, there, there's no civilian management. Except you can't have a Battlefield game like that. Right. And, like, that's the problem with this game is that, yeah. like, everything that kind of sucks about this game is the Battlefield part. It's sort of a miracle that the campaign is as much of a stealth game as it is. Yes. Mm. And the single-player campaign is burdened with its Battlefield necessities. Like, when it's a stealth game where you're trying not to be seen, where you're where you're showing your badge like a cross, as fucking Miguel said uh, in his GameSpot <laughs> review. Like, <laughs> when you flash your badge of criminals, like, they're rendered powerless by it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they kneel... They're, they're like, oh shit, he's got a badge. <laughs> uh, to be fair, you're also pointing a gun at their uh, face. But yeah. I see Miguel again. I, 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 I need uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, vampire yeah, analogy really. is like the best thing I've heard for this game. But like, that's really great. It, it's like super video gaming contrived to the point where like later when you shouldn't be able to arrest people, you still can. <laughs> uh, like it's so super contrived, but it works in a stealth game way because it is a way of non-lethally incapacitating people. Yeah. Like that isn't just beating them in the back of the head with the fucking nightstick, which you really don't want to be the central camp tenant of your fucking stealth cop game. Yep. <laughs> like bludgeoning people with your fucking Especially nightstick. since when you uh, arrest people or knock them out, they have little Z's over their head, but when you bludgeon them with a nightstick, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> but like... That, that... It's so queerly it was an afterthought that turned out okay, mm. because everything about the implementation of arrests is fucking broken. Like... When you're arresting somebody, they just clip through all geometry. Yep. Like, their <laughs> face just goes right through a table, which makes it look pretty grim, honestly. <laughs> uh, or, like, there are times when I arrested people and they sank through the floor. <laughs> nice. Uh, I've like, not into had oblivion or nothingness. Uh, like, or you arrest a guy in a burning <laughs> building? Yeah, that too. <laughs> How about that? Um, and, but it works because it's something different. And, like, yeah the scanner equivalent of this where you like look through your phone or whatever and see where people are and mark them and navigate around them yeah. and like really investigate a level and like figure out ways in it's very rainbow six yeah mm. and you change your play style based on like oh shit there's a bounty on that guy if i arrest him if i can like sneak around the entire area and knock out his buddies or kill everyone but him and then arrest him then i will get extra shit granted the shit you get for non-lethally taking people down is more guns bigger guns <laughs> like yeah. man i got assault weapons like power power rifles and sniper rifles got a kick-ass new barrel for arresting that dude yeah. that's kind of just brilliant if you if you if you I don't think it was deliberately designed, but it's like all it's doing is creating more temptation for you to stray from the path exactly. you've committed yourself to. That, it's, Constant it's, temptation. I, I, yeah. I, I, I love that. I it's love just like you've like, been doing really great on your diet. Here, have a donut. It's the, it's the thing is like that. It's so good at doing this thing, but the only way it knows how to reward you is by being a battlefield game and giving right. you more guns. Right. And and like. It, the investigation aspect, finding evidence, is a very cool way of bringing the collectible part of, that's just going to be in every game from now on. In, it's presenting it in such a way where it makes sense because you're looking for evidence to build these cases and figure out what happened in these sort of like 
multi-episode branching like side stories that it never really talks about and honestly were probably cut from the game hmm. um and i think that that's compelling but the only way that it knows how to reward you is to give you more battlefield stuff well and see that's what i really liked about uh alpha protocol was that how you played that game and how you went through the conversations right. he's been was, playing it recently it would it would give you it would give you perks based off of what you actually did yeah. in the game like your, your progression stu- tree was tailored to your playstyle exactly and uh it was and it was a progression tree that was handed to you it wasn't like you can pick your stealth class or whatever but you'd get like you went through this stage without killing anybody you get this perk now which makes all stealth weapons cheaper in the game which you never right. would have known if you didn't go through uh, the level stealth wise and then you get like a fallout style perk but, as a reward and, and like none of that is here yeah like and not only that but like there are levels that make me think that the stealth mechanic was added late in development and they mm. didn't have time to make all the levels really work with it because there are parts where it, the producers were very adamant that you could get through almost the entire game without killing anyone. I do not believe that. Uh, I don't know. Like someone will do it with the exception <laughs> of the parts, like the quick time sequences where you absolutely have to kill someone. Right. Uh, but like, it's clearly not designed to be played that way in multiple levels like where it it demands practically that you get into a firefight with automatic weapons and that is where it's just like the battlefield part of this game is the worst part about it like everything around that is interesting and belongs in a more interesting game than a battlefield game can be with the retail or consumer expectations for a game with that name attached to it. See, because of that, because it is kind of burdened by Battlefield, I've been role-playing as much as I can, and as much as, like, <laughs> I don't take rifle... Like, I'm not using a P90. I would, Like, if I run out of ammo in my pistol, I will suddenly start running around looking for ammo for a pistol. So you're a sucker, basically. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just more interesting for me that, like, I am a cop with a 9mm pistol, and shit went bad. How do I solve it? Not, mm. I open the trunk of any car in the world... And there's a shotgun in there with a scope. And, but it's not like, so the, like the battlefield part of it isn't just that. It's like, oh, this is the part where I there are tanks. Like mm. this is the part where cool. there are buggies with mounted machine guns. Wait, there, there's another tank sequence. There is a, definitely a tank sequence. No. Yeah. All right. Earth, I can't do it again. <laughs> I really like everything I've played so far. Like I'm still really early on, but I like the sequence in the swamp a lot, where you're yeah, you're on a vehicle cool. and it's you and it's Kai and you're just talking and you're driving around these long stretches of swamp looking for drugs and you're tagging them and you're just learning about each other and it's cool and then when you do get to a gameplay sequence it's teaching you how to use like zip lines and things like that mm-hmm. and grappling hooks and then the the engagement with the enemies is passive and non-lethal until you fuck it up at which point you like decide whether or not you want to start shooting people right. or mm. kind of recover and then go stealth again it is sort of like metal gear solid 4 in that way that you can be stealth until shit goes wrong and then you have the option of not doing that yeah I just think that like it would have been more interesting if that weren't easily like the the best way to do everything was to use the automatic weapons that you have access to and just finish it. Yeah, because like the playing the way that I played is non lethally is is was really feasible with the time span I had it took me about 10 hours. Okay, like wow. if you shot your way through that game, it would take you about four. Wow. wow. And I'm um, playing the same way like I am playing if I can take down someone non lethally, I will try. 
Also, like, there are points where you'll be in a building fending off waves of enemies because fucking, of course, there are. Because <laughs> it's a battlefield game. Like, and that's what stuff. you do in shooters now. Is, but like, I can't hold that out. against it. I can't hold it against a battlefield game for making I don't hold that against stuff. Visceral. I hold that against EA for making that what this game had to be. Like, mm, yeah. that it has to be a recognizably battlefield game and that it can, like, dip its toe in much more interesting waters, but it can never be that other thing. Right. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, mean, I like what I played so I far. I think if it Can't does more. well, I could see Hardline becoming its own franchise. I, that it, it could separate. I and I don't think it will because I think this is the most lukewarm reviews a Battlefield game has ever gotten, or certainly since Bad Company Two. Yeah, sevens and eights as opposed to like nines, eights and like nine. the sort of inflated scores that Battlefield Four got. Um, I agree, especially in hindsight. That game. Huh? I said I agree as someone who reviewed that game. That well, yeah, you didn't give it a nine. I gave it like an eight five. Tried to give it a way lower score in the first place. Yeah, I I thought. Yeah, I think that Battlefield Four did some cool shit. Like, it's hard to look at Battlefield Four through a lens that's not fogged by all of its technical problems. There were yeah. some fucking awesome multiplayer maps in that game. No, that, that that's the thing. I mean, I was there with you guys. Yeah. It's, it's you know some really I mean, great stuff in that game. game. Was uniformly one of the most horrible things oh I my God. with. It was awful. But as far as those maps and how a lot of the multiplayer was designed to be played, it was awesome. It was really really cool. Yeah. Never would have once occurred to me what would have what, what was about. To <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I I don't think that Hardline will be as successful as as Battlefield Four was, which is I agree. I just, in a way, I'm glad that Visceral was working on a Star Wars game because I was going to say it doesn't matter because you know what will succeed Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> well, that's but that's Dice. Yeah. Like Hennig's team yeah, yeah. working on like the the action adventure open world yep. star wars game could be cool um but like they're just visceral being given this game after battlefield 4 is setting them up to fail like i just i, I don't know i it's a bummer yeah i wonder like will visceral do the 2017 or the 2016 battlefield game do you think i don't know is danger close gone yeah yeah they were close they are now dice la like they Laid off. That's who's doing Battlefront. Is Dice LA? No, no, no. Dice. They, I mean, they are involved for sure. Yeah, but like the way, it, so the way it works is Danger Close was shut down after Warfighter, mm-hmm. and they rehired all of the leads to lead Dice LA, <coughs> and then they hired a bunch of other people, many of whom were from Dice, to basically operate as the the American nine to five studio for Dice. They do a lot of map support stuff. Mm-hmm. They do DLC, and they are working on Battlefront. I wouldn't be surprised if if Dice LA were working on like the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions of Battlefront or That's something. That's definitely not a thing. But I get what you no, mean. No, you don't think? No, I don't think. No so. way. I, th- I I I still feel like that's too much money for EA to leave on the table. Like the shareholders would look. At I that think and, I think by the end of this year, they'll just they'll they'll be enough next gen consoles that for the money you have to spend, dude, there are twenty to- million PlayStations out there. Yeah, that's crazy mm-hmm. right now. And like twelve to thirteen Xbox Ones, 12, which is not million. to discount 12, just twelve Xbox Ones total. Just twelve, twelve to thirteen million Xbox Ones, which yeah. isn't to discount the enormity of the PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty user base. But, but at the, the same time, it's like but that, that will hold but back the game. But those, but where the difference is in my mind, that is not an avid base, and that is not exactly. a disposable income base. Yes. That's why you have not. Moved on to the next generation. But, Very good point. So I think you have diminishing returns if you keep on trying to sell to them. But Star Wars. Yay, Star Wars! What I'm saying is that, like, <laughs> Star Wars is like a situation like you'd have with FIFA or Madden, where you, like, have such a wide 
non-core audience looking at that shit and saying, yeah, I want to do that. I'm just guessing. Maybe there's also a Sony or a Microsoft who's like, they see this as a great coattail to write on to get people to buy next-gen consoles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who gets Battlefront, and do you think? Sony. Yeah? Yep. How come? Uh, because EA is spreading their shit around a bunch, and they just gave exclusive DLC to Microsoft for fucking Dragon Age. Yes, they did. And Battlefield... Battlefield 4 or Battlefield Hardline is Sony. Uh, I think that Sony is looking for deals to strike this fall to make as many oh, only on PlayStation why. or better on PlayStation 4 announcements as they possibly can at E3 because Uncharted 4 isn't coming out now until next year. Uh, I think that they're going to want to throw money to appear to be the better place to play a game like that than than the competition. Also, Destiny. Yeah. Speaking of delays, you want to just call your uh, your latest delay? What prediction? Batman getting yeah. delayed until fall? Yeah. I, I mean, I after does that, that three week delay. Does that even count? Is like a prediction if like a UK site posted a story saying we were told by so and so that this is happening along with a collection of the other Batman games on Xbox One and Which PS4. Which is crazy to me because it was just dele- like the day it was yeah, delayed well, three weeks. People were like, oh, it's also delayed till November. Yeah, and Warner Brothers. <laughs> Warner Brothers really just, just seems... Just put a waypoint there. Right? Right. Yeah, a little man who actually walking all the way to November. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Warner Brothers has always seemed to have their shit so together. Uh, I Witcher is coming out in May. Uh, that UK site ran that story and about, despite the delay to May, the Batman Arkham uh, Knight would come out in November. They ran that story and then they pulled it, which suggests to me that they had a source that they weren't supposed to and had to pull it. Or they published something that was blatantly wrong. See, mm. to be honest, to only find out at this juncture, even if it's coming out in November, that they're these that they're repackaging the other two Batman games. Three that, Batman games. Th- yeah, that just Origins as well. Asylum, oh, Origi- forgot, forgot Asylum, Origins. City, and Origins. Yeah, don't we all? That just sounds. <laughs> that doesn't wash with me. That doesn't make mm. sense. That like that should have already been announced. And it's March. It's March. The game. Should, yeah, I mean, I I even question if those things are are in existence or maybe their plan for November or something like that. Mm. But the idea that we're going to push to November and we already have like these these remastered of these three games, we're going to get on the market in the interim. That just doesn't. No, that, I think that they're going to try to sell it together, like as a thing. Uh, you don't think that'll cannibalize? Okay, that's Arkham Knight? that's a little. I think that See, they, if they think. like sold them digitally for cheap on Xbox One and PS4 and loop. Lumped them into a collector's edition of Arkham Knight, like what it what it's now being rumored Microsoft is going to do with Quantum Break. They're going to sell a collector's they're edition. Lump, they're they're going to lump Bre- it in with with Arkham Knight. No, they're going <laughs> to they're going to sell a collector's edition of Quantum Break, supposedly with a remaster of Alan Wake. Oh, that's right. I, I, I would buy that. that. Um, Alan Wake's pretty good. Alan Wake is pretty good. Yep. Yo, Twin Beaks. Uh, I, I think that there's an okay chance that Batman's going to get delayed. I think Tomb Raider is going to get delayed until next year, but that won't I happen think, until August or September. I think that I'll see this year, but I totally understand your argument for sure. I just think that they want to give that Crystal Dynamics will need more time. Yeah, uh, I just need some money. Yeah. Yeah, Unless well, Microsoft is giving them enough money that they can actually have a delay. Well, let me ask you, Adam, is all of it enough? I, well, how, how many copies did Tomb Raider sell? And like, like that was four wasn't and a half million. I mean, mm. wait—is there a final? Is Final Fantasy 15 coming out this year? No, 
the demo came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I saw a little bit of that there in the yeah. internet, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad I'm not pressed. I don't have to actually find out what's happening. Some, <laughs> someone will finally send me a letter by Carrier Pigeon letting me know what happened over there with Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. But look, the fact is, Final Fantasy 15 may be very well received. It is not probably going to pay for itself. Hmm. And once again, they're going to be looking at Tomb Raider to kind of carry that, is, you know, to carry that rock up the hill. Kingdom Hearts going to be out this year. I would wager that both Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts are next year at best. I can't imagine both come out. I would imagine that Kingdom Hearts is 2017. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I thought Kingdom Hearts was farther along than. <laughs> Dude, they just switched to Unreal. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> That's right. And you know who loves using Unreal Engine? Japanese developers. <laughs> well, uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's been announced for this year that's going to get pushed back next year. Like, I think but the Just Cause I could think be the next I, casualty. As far as bottom line, I understand you're thinking about Tomb Raider getting pushed, but there's just, I mean, I mean, Eidos, Enix. I think Enix. we I, I think we see a <laughs> remarkably stable slate of, release, of releases this year. I think that we don't see the broken games this year that we did last year. I agree But I that. think the side effect is that games are going to get delayed. On the square side, do you think the Deus Ex and or Hitman are this year? No. I think one of them for sure. Or this year? I don't. Yeah. I think I think we would I think we would have seen really a leak at, at, at GC. And, and and they really want to uh, like announce and release in a much narrow window. That's not the that's not one of the companies I would have made I would I would assume would have gone in that direction, but yeah. I think we'd have already known about that. Right, like Bethesda's the only company I can think of that was like, yo, we announced Fallout at E three and it's out in a few months. Yeah, I see. I see Bethesda doing that. I'm. I mean, okay, that's not true. I. I. I refuse to predict what Bethesda does so that I don't get disappointed. <laughs> uh, but I could see them announcing something at E3 and it coming out this year. Uh, but I. I think that stuff like Just Cause is in danger of not coming out this year because this fall is too crowded. Yep. I think it doesn't make sense for Warner Brothers to release fucking Batman and Witcher 3 within weeks of each other. Two weeks after or a month um, after Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense for Warner Brothers to release their entire slate within a three-week period during one of the lowest sales periods of the year. I think you're severely underestimating the value of Lego Jurassic World, Arthur. Wow. Is that also out, like, in May or I June? I have no fucking idea. Is that, out, that out with movie the movie? Out? Probably. So, summer. Yeah. yeah I don't think that... Jurassic World movie? Where the that? fuck have you been? I don't know. Well, Le- I, I mean, Lego Jurassic World. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Yes. That was announced during GDC. Wow. You were very busy. Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah, I think a lot of stuff's going to get delayed. Mm. You know, it's not going to get delayed. Dirty bomb. Are we seriously still talking about video games? <laughs> <laughs> I play Dirty Bomb. It's it's it'll be out tomorrow. Like oh wow okay yeah the beta starts tomorrow huh. What's the the uh, Cliff's Notes elevator pitch on that game? So I played it about a year and a half ago. It's and it splash was not very damage. Uh, Break. Their so that's their most recent thing, but they're most known for Enemy Territory. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was awesome on so, PC and garbage on consoles. I didn't mm. play it on consoles, so I don't know. Actually, uh, actually, I didn't mind it on consoles. Um, but it was not nearly as good as. PC. So they had a big event. Like they flew people in from all over the world to wow. San Francisco, like because it's being supported Nexon by Nexon. Money. Yeah, it's got that Nexon money. Uh, <laughs> During the presentation, they compared it a lot to Counter Strike. Nope. Which is interesting because, like, they're like, there's, you don't want to aim down sights unless it's a sniper rifle and you're standing still. So, trying to differentiate it, which is true. Like, you probably will not aim down the sights a lot in, in Dirty Bomb. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, because you will not be playing game. Dirty Bomb. Uh, I don't know. 
I, it's trying to do a League of Legends business model with characters. That's a interesting approach. Mm, for but sure. there, the thing about League of Legends is that there are dozens and then hundreds of characters, and Dirty Bomb really cool. has seven to start with, and they'll be adding more over time. Right. So, hmm. but it's free to play. That's it's it. it's fun. Like the the sort of central conceit is that everything is objective, and when you go into a game, you pick three of your characters that you can switch between when while the game is going. Hmm. So, like when you die, you can respawn as a different character, but only from the three that you pick. Also, objectives kind of change as the map evolves, right? Or the yeah, like there on. are multiple objectives. It's like Rush. like shit. They blew up the bomb site we didn't protect, so now we have to do this instead. It's like Rush mode yeah, in okay. Bad Company right. too. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I thought. Except like it's like blow up this wall or like get to this uh, vehicle and repair it. Okay, you've repaired it. Now escort it to this point. Now that you've escorted it to this point, steal these drug samples and bring them back to it. So like they're transforming objectives throughout the game. It's That's it's cool. fine. Like it's it's fun enough to play as a really satisfying grenade launcher. Like bouncing grenades off walls in that game was a lot of fun and I got a lot of kills doing it. But nice. I don't know. I I don't think that there's enough people in it to justify the League of Legends business model. Yeah. And I just I was totally unmoved by it as a shooter in general. I just didn't feel like it was competitive or the level design was really interesting and the weapons felt great. I, I just I think that Nexon is smart to do it. Uh, but Nexon is also putting a lot of money behind a lot of bets because they're funding Blue Streak or whatever Cliffy B's oh, game is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Boss Key Studios game. But also Unreal Tournament is free this year. Like, this is becoming the year of the free to play AAA, <coughs> quote, first-person shooter. I promise you this is the year that Counter-Strike goes free. Counter-Strike Go becomes free this year. I, I feel like Counter-Strike Go is not going to be the Counter-Strike that goes free. I think that they'll make a different one. But then again, it's Valve. Go is also so successful right now that they can't do another one right now to divide that market would be crazy as go is hitting its stride better than ever has hmm. it's I, I bigger just, than it's ever been i don't know if they can support csgo as a free-to-play product like i mean the economy is already there for that everything yeah, in that I, game is cosmetic but like the the rampant cheating like the account yeah. bans like yep. the glitches like everything that's wrong with csgo competitively is like a real problem for that game yeah, I just don't um, know that a $10 price tag is keeping that many people who would do that out. Maybe. The people who would do that, I feel like, are the people who would pay 10 bucks just to go fuck with you. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah I, I think that it's just like, this is the first salvo in like what we're going to see a lot of this year, which is free-to-play shooters. Yep. Like being taken seriously. <laughs> Halo Online like, was announced today. We didn't talk about in that. In Russia. Free Halo multiplayer from game in Saber Russia. Interactive. Yeah, the people who can't make a good did, Halo face. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. For, it sounds like a joke. Halo like, shooter. It's set after Halo Three, and some of the maps take place in Russia. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's so crazy. Really? It reminds me yeah. of. Uh, is this licensed or is it yes. just? Wow. Do you remember three, four, three, 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 I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the free to play Battlefield game between Bad Company Two yeah, and Battlefield, Battlefield Three? Yeah, Battlefield Play for free yeah, is what it reminds me of. <laughs> that was like it was like it was like almost like crayon drawings. No, 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 that's no, no, Battlefield, no, that Battlefield Heroes, Heroes Battlefield and that Heroes. was great. Uh, Battlefield Play Battlefield for free. Friends. I know I called Battlefield, Battlefield Friends. Friends. <laughs> Battlefield Play for free was a cross between <laughs> Battlefield awesome. Two and Bad Company Two. Okay, before Battlefield Three came out, it was weird. But it was as good as neither of those. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see a lot of free to play shooters this year. I liked the I liked the cel shaded Battlefield free to play game. 
Heroes. Yeah. Heroes, yeah. It was fun. Friends. They should have, they would have done better if they called it Battlefield Friends. <laughs> there was a time all where... over that. There was a time when EA was experimenting with Battlefield, like, because yeah. it was Battlefield 1943. It was in his college years. And then Battlefield <laughs> 2. Kind of got in it with uh, Medal of Honor. They don't talk about it much, but, you know, logging glances were down the hall. Well, I think <laughs> the, the 2010 Medal of Honor was the first time that EA saw a release tank their stock price by 10%. So. Nice. Yep, that's right. And they were like, you know what we should do? Make a sequel. It, I mean, it can't be worse than the first one, right? <laughs> oh, man. Remember remember Warfighter? And neither does anybody else. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> but you know what he says? You know, remember Allied Assault, which was just a phenomenal accomplishment that year. <laughs> What it did with the you know, with with the animation, yep. how mm. they pulled off the storming of Normandy, it was so impressive. I mean that that franchise once upon a time had a pedigree, and then all oh, those yeah. people left to form and the and Call War. of Duty happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I, I remember interviewing the developer, the lead designer on Warfighter about my Medal of Honor review and how when they read IGN's Medal of Honor 2010 review, which is mine, he went to his car and got a box and started packing up his desk. Wow. And then I reviewed Warfighter even worse. <laughs> and, then they, and then they closed the studio. You told wow, me that story you... as I was reviewing Warfighter, and I was like, cool, I'm thinking about giving it a four. <laughs> so, Which I think shit. is what I, gave, I, what I gave Warfighter. It was like a four or four or five, I think. Yeah. It wasn't good. It was bad. It was really not it a good real bad. video game. They sent it to us on release day. Do you remember? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. And then they had the fucking temerity to send a pizza. Like they you got sent, a pizza? They sent everybody pizzas. <laughs> oh, that's right. They Wait, ordered this, pizzas. They ordered pizzas for the office. Was this 2012? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we, yeah. It was like we here, this week. game and eat some oh, pizza. Okay, okay. Yeah. It was, I was. Oh my god! I totally forgot about I, that. That was like the most like there was a very confused pizza guy outside my door and a very confused me behind the glass like. Yeah, that's me. I didn't order pizza, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came upstairs and looked on Twitter, and like someone was like, yeah, you sent pizza to our office. I'm like, oh. You were living the dream. You got free pizza. Didn't know why? Fuck it. It was trash pizza. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was, I was a little wary. Loved it. Like just, oh, yeah, me too. When food just shows up, like, hey, we got some for you. I'm like, ah. Well, this is pre-Gamergate. You're yeah, a stoner yeah. man. So pre swatting. Still, even, even then, yeah. I gamergated all over that. Granted, pizza. it was post Mass Effect three, so you never yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Video games. Video I think games. we're done. We're we ended up talking about a lot of those, despite what the beginning of the show may have led you to believe. Most of it was Bloodborne, like the lion show. And the show Cinderella. Was about Cinderella. I had just a couple minutes on argument about Cinderella. A band. Cinders, good game. Go play it. Yeah, but don't uh, listen to Cinderella the band. Just, <laughs> no, was, don't do or that. Or do you know whatever? That was uh, a very do what makes low you happy point for culture. <laughs> Adam, you have something to plug. Oh, my God, I do, actually. Um, <laughs> hey, everyone, uh, I, I have a Kickstarter. Look, I'm going to be honest. It, this, this, this thing is struggling, um, and I understand why. There's a lot of Kickstarter fatigue, and given what the product is... Uh, have you considered it, a patron? I, I, it's interesting. I don't, wouldn't imagine a patron would actually work with this. Anyway, what it is, it's called the Roto. It is designed for VR. And it was initially designed to deal with one um, issue, which was cord management. Uh, if you've been in a swivel chair and you put on an Oculus, you try to do a full 360, you will asphyxiate yourself because there are cords. It's being like, right. like being mugged this by an octopus. allows for the cords, power cords, everything to go into a stationary part at the bottom of the chair. In fact, you can just buy the base of this um, unit and stick your own chair on top of it. Uh, we, we have these, these varying tiers. But 
there's more to it as this thing you know was was further developed. Uh, one of the best parts is it has an SDK. So a game designer or a film director can actually program into the chair. So instead of like playing gears and you have to hold down Y so you turn your head and you see the broom act coming, you will physically move and look at something like that. Um, I think there's a lot of creative potential right there. And then the third part is, and this is the most interesting, is if you use the device correctly and you try to really keep your thumb off of that left control stick, which yeah. is kind of your head, right. and you use your head to actually move around. They were demoing it at EGX Press in London with, with Alien Isolation. Yeah. For a lot of people that have suffered issues with nausea, it tends to correct for that hmm. because you're moving your body oh, as your brain moving. and your water table expects you to, and you don't oh, have wow. the same level of disorientation. And a lot of people came out of it. There's some very nice write-ups in Engadget and others where their sense of space and yeah. volume inside of the virtual space really had changed in, in a more traditional way. So anyway, it's really cool. We are actually trying to use Kickstarter for what its name implies. Um, R&D <laughs> has been done. This right. thing has a prototype. Right. What we need is 85,000 pounds sterling to do what's called production tooling, and that's to get the cast, the, the, I think a stainless steel cast, for uh, the molding. Oh, that's wow. the one biggest injection of capital that has to so happen. So it's ready to go. You just need the production. Exactly. This is not, we, we don't even need this to... For, I mean, we, we, we need it yeah. for production, but this isn't to um, underwrite production. This is just to give us the last step before we can go into production. To make the thing that exists and works. Exactly. So, obviously, okay. any support that's out there would be greatly appreciated. Uh, what was the name one more time? It's Roto. R-O-T-O. Okay. Um, the company's name is Roto VR. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been working with them for quite a bit. One of my big points is I wanted to see this thing look slimmer, smaller. Um, as you yeah. probably know, Matt, uh, <clears throat> I have there's there, there's a certain threshold that is the wife. Right. So if I bring <laughs> something home that's bigger than Redbox, it has to pass muster with her. Yep. And <laughs> this thing needed, you know, for both space yeah, and for stuff, a... this thing needed to not necessarily be designed solely for the dude who has an entire garage to have his Right. Fantasy. You can't have your giant, like, ostentatious, <laughs> like, bullshit gamer chair in the middle yeah. of the living room. So yeah. it's small, it's sleek, it's slim. Uh, yeah, search Roto and search Roto Kickstarter and donate, please. Awesome, dude. Uh, I would love to see that happen. I'm a fan of VR. I want uh, anything to happen with VR. Uh, I just want it to happen. I, bleh. Yeah. It seems like it might be a little early. Did you play the Valve VR? Well, the thing is, we are, it is, and I recognize that, we have Samsung Gear coming out, which it works with as well. Right. I will acknowledge the fundamental problem here is we're trying to sell head and shoulders to people that don't have scalps. You know, most people <laughs> don't have... A VR headset. They're way so they're too busy running around. The issue that we're trying to address. They're way right, too busy right, running right. around screaming. Where's my scalp? Where's my scalp? Don't <laughs> <laughs> worry about shampoo. Well, uh, we have three men here who have no scalps. I have a scalp. We have, we have, we have a scalp. There's, there's, there's not, not a lot of hair yeah. coverage. Uh, okay, uh, you can read Mitch's stuff at IGN. Period. Com. Uh, did you review something recently? Life is strange. Life is Strange episode, episode two, two, which we did not talk about. I guess we'll have to talk about that next week. Uh, you can follow Mitch at Mitchie D on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at A-E-G-I-E-S. You can f- see whatever I happen to have written at that particular moment in time at Polygon.com. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Talking Orange. You can do slackerbacker stuff for Outerlands at... Area5.tv slash Outerlands or bit.ly, bit.ly slash Outerlands, the Kickstarter page. It all links to the stuff. All right. Uh, you can follow Adam at Adam Sessler, right? Yep. Uh, and what's your website? 
I have a website. I thought you did. You have a company. <laughs> I'd hope you have a website. I, no, no, no. My company does not have a website. Let's just say the fun and thrilling events of 2014 kind of slow down my ambitions. To have any sort of forward-facing <laughs> company. <laughs> you can follow Adam if he wants you to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I, I do want to say that uh, our first episode uh, of co-op in five years is coming out soon. Nice. Very, Very soon, exciting. actually. So that should be fun. Uh, is there a YouTube channel they should subscribe to for that? Uh, I'm sure it'll show up on our Area 5 YouTube channel, which is like hasn't been populated with anything since the last time we did it. So you'll off. know when it shows up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it'll be the first new thing yeah. in a while. It'll, it'll show up on our <laughs> website, of course, and we'll announce it on our Twitters and all that crap. So, yeah. uh, And you can follow our missing host, Anthony Gallegos, at Chef Money. And you can play the game that he works on, Marvel Heroes, at what I assume is MarvelHeroes.com. Might be Marvel <laughs> Heroes 2015. The game is now called Marvel Heroes 2015. Just Google Marvel Heroes 2015. It's really fun now. You'll find something. It's Diablo with superheroes. Yeah. Well, yeah imagine it was called Marvel Friends. <laughs> Just saying, guys. What if we call Bloodborne? Blood so once buddies. again, I'm, I'm available for consultation work. Um, I can help you with your titling of your games, usually by swapping in friends instead of some other noun that you have. Right. But not without paying Adam a We've got this fucking scrap game. We don't know what to call it. <laughs> and on that note, Blood Friends. We're out. Friends. It's never gonna be